milk, soy boy, giant female, juice, cause soy features are extra generous Again, I'm gonna jump right into it. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed to be back. <laughs> Here we fucking are again. Here we I are. guess. Your listening pleasure, I guess. If you want. <laughs> I'm Van Rackton. I'm with uh, Umni as always. Josh, how you doing? Hello. I'm doing okay. <laughs> and we're recording late because more tragedy. I feel like every every week I just we start out with me talking about my tragic, awful life. <laughs> <laughs> Reflux, uh, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Reflux, thought maybe it was cancer or heart attack. Uh, my ear's broken. Uh, maybe COVID. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and then this week, yeah, we were going to record last weekend. And then, like, right after work on Friday, I was online chatting with one of our online gaming friends. And all of a sudden, everything just stopped working. And I looked down, and then this, my new little kitten was just chewing through our internet fiber cord. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was just broke. And I was very unhappy. I, sure. Uh, yeah, I picked the cat up, and I punted it out the door, and then the mountain lion came and finished it off. <laughs> no, none of that happened. I yelled at him a little bit. Hey, don't go in the corner and chew on things. And then uh, ordered some new cords off of Amazon. Those took five days to get here. So that's why we're recording late. It's my mm-hmm. fault and my cat's fault. Well, sure, and then we were sure. going to record. And then we went to record uh, yesterday, and then my TV stopped working. So, <laughs> what's that? Do you determine uh, like what's going on with it? Like, is it just the uh, well? Is it like the panel, or is it just a hardware failure, or something? Some kind of hardware. I mean, it's a cheap LG. It was like a forty-three inch four K, and I just bought it because I got it on Black Friday for like two hundred and thirty dollars. Super cheap. I just knew, oh, and it shit. always kind of had problems since I got it because it was so cheap. Yeah, it's it was really like cheap. flickering and turning off and shit. And I was like, Ugh. but anyway, it lasted four years, and then I turned it off the night before that. Turned it back on the next day, it just wouldn't turn on, and then the red light flashes three times, which means something, maybe mm-hmm. a panel or like something with the power. There's like four different things it could be or something. Yeah, I could take it apart, put a new board in for like twenty or thirty dollars, and probably fix it myself. But uh, yeah, so I had to downgrade from that to like this little 20 inch thing that I'm using now. So I'm not going to have 4K for a while. Probably going to wait till Black Friday, go on a little TV show, TV adventure, just watch for sales for the next couple months and then mm. try and get maybe like an OLED on Black Friday for hopefully under a thousand. I don't really want to spend that much, but something that's more stable. I mean, that thing was so cheap and, and it broke. And I, I feel like, well, of course it broke. It was pretty cheap. Right. So it's probably that worth to invest in something with like you know, true 120 hertz, true HDR, something with HDMI 2.1, because I was looking into this, because this Sony, there was a Sony OLED, normally $1,900, $800 off, Saturday only, and I I brought it up on Best Buy, right? And I was like, oh, I could get this for 1100 bucks, super high quality TV for really cheap. Mm -hmm. And then I was researching TVs for two hours, and then by the time I edited it to my cart, it said, hey, we don't deliver to your place anymore, because... This is what Best Buy does. I think they ship from, they ship to your location from whatever store is closest. I think. Okay. So once everything sells out within that range, they say we don't ship to your place anymore. Oh. So then I, so then I couldn't order it anymore. But it only had HDMI 2.0 ports, which I don't think is a huge deal. So what that means is, HDMI, HDMI 2.0, you can game 
at 4K at 60 hertz, but not 120. So oh. you need HDMI 2.1 to do 4K gaming at 120 hertz. Okay. So even if I got that, which I hear the picture quality is absolutely amazing, I couldn't game at 120 in 4K. But I don't even think that's... I don't even know if these consoles will ever be able to do that anyway. PS5 and Xbox uh, Series X. Mm. Because I think the games are so... They require so much graphically that you can only... The performance mode is only 60 hertz anyway at all, all times. And okay. like, even Rocket League, if you turn it on... Um, I'm sorry, I, I meant quality mode is only ever 60, 60K. So, and quality mode is 4K. And then performance mode is less resolution but higher frames, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So even even Rocket League, the quality mode is only 60 frames, even on PS5. So if even Rocket League can't play 4K 120 hertz, what game ever will on these consoles? That's kind of how I felt. Like, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of, sure. I, I kind of get what you mean. Um, I don't think these new the current gen consoles will be able to do 4k at 120 until the between step you know like in four years when they release the ps5 pro then uh probably will be able to but i don't think it will be for a while right yeah i was actually going to bring that up because um that was just actually rumored recently and um and i'm blanking on where that rumor came from but uh but yeah essentially the ps5 pro is kind of essentially confirmed at least unofficially as a rumor because something about how with the current chip shortage that there's they're working on using alternative like you know silicone chips or whatever to like get around the shortage because they're using a different type of chip so they're going to do that for ps5 pro and then also do that for a ps5 slim and essentially just have two new playstations that use different you know physical hardware or whatever to kind of Uh circumvent this chip shortage but but anyway go on i mean the Going well, a little tangent there, but well, all right. So, I've watched a bunch of reviews, and everyone, pretty much everyone I've watched, says the best TVs for gaming are LG TVs, and it's I think it's called CX10 is the model number. I couldn't be wrong. CX9, CX10, CX8, same series or something. Yeah, and they're like Sounds around fifteen hundred dollars right. a TV, and they're four K, and they have true HDR and one twenty, and they have two to four HDMI two point one slots. So I think what I'm gonna do. Even though I, I have heard reviewers say the picture quality is not quite as good as the Sony OLEDs, uh, I do think I'm going to wait and try and get that. That way, I, I just am kind of future-proofed for the future consoles. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, I'm hoping those go on sale on Black Friday for somewhere under a thousand because I don't want to spend over a thousand. Whenever I whenever I added that Sony TV to my cart and I saw after tax it was like twelve hundred dollars, I was like, oh god, oh, shit! I don't want to spend this much money. Right. So. Yeah, so we'll I, see. <clears throat> Going on a little TV adventure the next couple months. That is fun. I, I think there's something fun about doing like research on like a product and like waiting for deals. And uh, for some reason, it is kind of fun to me to like watch stuff over a period of time and right. see what's happening. I do enjoy it, but I don't like not having 4K for months. Right, right, right. Especially whenever Diablo 2 is coming out, and it's like not going to play on a smaller. Well, here's the thing: not necessarily smaller because I was like, okay. So I don't have this 4K TV anymore for a while, but this gives me a reason to bring my projector back out. Oh, so, yeah. Even though my projector is only 1080p, it still looks pretty good, and I can make the screen like 90 inches, and it's pretty awesome. So I was thinking, I'll just bring that out. It'll give me a reason to use my projector again for a couple months, which is always neat. Sure. So, and I just changed the bulb in it, 
pretty recently, so it's image quality is pretty crisp. Nice. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun to be play on the. The thing is, my wall is like beige. Beige. It's not quite white. I don't think it'll be a huge problem, but I don't know. We'll see. Right. I was gonna say just. Just play on your old monitor that you're using now, and then put the game in classic graphics mode, and just and just pretend that you're playing the original yeah, one. Sure <laughs> um, no, how much bulbs are pretty pricey, right? Are, are they as expensive as they were before? No. Still, no. If you buy them directly from the company, they're like hundreds of hundreds, like five hundred dollars. Yeah, but you can go on on eBay or whatever, or I just I think I just got mine on another website where they sell just kind of like knockoff models of the bulbs and mm-hmm. i think i paid I, I didn't pay very much for it i think maybe it was like 80 dollars at most oh shit that's not, oh yeah yeah that's not bad yeah it's not bad so compared yeah, to 500 dollars. so yeah you can find like knockoff versions of the bulbs for way cheaper than if you buy directly from like the company or or something like that yeah way cheaper so yeah, yeah. it wasn't bad a couple years ago when i say a couple years ago who knows three three four at this point i don't i don't know everything goes so fast but Anyway, whenever I got my PS4 Pro Spider-Man edition, because it couldn't resist, that's when I jumped on the, the 4K TV bandwagon. I was always like, I don't know. I don't know. Everything looks fine to me. I, I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really care. Like, whatever. It doesn't really bother me. And then I so then I got this TV, and then like you were saying too, <clears throat> I got a TCL. It was from a like one of the IGN articles that like breaks down. Like, like this is yeah, the best TV for now, and then this is the best one for the money and then like this is something something in the middle and and so i got something in the middle so anyway it was on sale when i got it i think it was like 900 or so but it was a couple hundred dollars Shit. off so i got it for well ori- originally i spent like 700 because it was like 900 some originally it was a couple hundred dollars off it was like i think it was like 650 ish and then with taxes it was like 725 or something um but it's a 55 inch tcl uh i don't, can't remember the model but but, but ever since then, it's just like, holy fuck, this is amazing. Because also then playing Spider-Man being the first game, too, with the 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 Spider-Man PlayStation Pro console and playing Spider-Man and the, the, my first time playing something on this 4K TV, it's like, oh, I fucking get it. I get it now. Like, Jesus Christ, I can never go back. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's how I was like, I don't think I need 4K. And then Black Friday came around. And I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll dip my toe in for really cheap just to see what it's like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I bought that LG 4K TV. I think the first game I played on it was the uh, Bioshock Infinite, and I was like, "Holy shit, this thing's, this is so crisp! Like, this looks so good! Oh my god!" Yeah. And I, I got like re-addicted to video games again. I just kept playing because I wanted to keep looking how beautiful everything was. <laughs> do you uh, do you mess around with picture modes and stuff? Yeah, I mean, you have to mess with those settings to find, especially if it's a cheap TV. You have to mess with those sitting settings to like reduce your input lag as much as possible. Most mm-hmm. of yeah, like you can a put game, it on mode, game mode. Yeah, yeah, but game mode makes the picture look so much noticeably dimmer, just not as good as like the dynamic settings and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, at first I just would play on the normal settings because I didn't want to sacrifice any graph, any image quality. But eventually I just moved it to game mode because it's just you need you need that control for some games like Ghost of Tsushima where <clears> you have to like. You have to block accurately, and you can't, you know, it can't be like a third of a second off your button push because that ruins everything. So, absolutely not. That, that is one thing uh, with this TCL. I mean, maybe they've gotten better since then. It, it you know, like I said, it's a couple, few years old of a TV, but it wasn't just a split second of of input lag for me with 
one of the first things I tried on it was I think Mario Odyssey, and it's like I could like move the analog around and like press a button. Literally like a second and a half, two seconds later, it happens. Like holy shit! Oh, that's a long. It was time. bad, yeah. So it was really bad. But once I got game mode on, then it, everything's fine. But but I know what you mean. So yeah, you got to be careful with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I read that the OLEDs have really low input lag for some reason. Okay. Uh, so that's good. That's another reason that I'm, even though there's risk of burn in with those, and mm-hmm. which sucks because I do a lot of time watch TV while I'm going to bed and, I, and I'll fall asleep. And then after a stream is over, it'll just lock on some image for like hours. Uh-huh. So if I buy an OLED, I'm, I have to make sure that I turn the TV off, which is a little bit of a pain in the butt. But they also turn on screensavers, I guess. Yeah. Screensavers or remember to put sleep timer on before you go to bed or whatever. Um, yeah, so I got to be more careful. For the for that, but I think it it'll be fine. I think I can do that, and I think it's worth it for like the because people say the OLEDs have like perfect blacks, so like the blacks are add so much more depth depth to the image quality because it's whereas like in a LED, a lot of the blacks are just kind of like a dark gray and never gets like black black. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I watched some comparison. I watched the dude. He set like uh, an an LG nano cell TV beside an OLED, and he and he, you could watch. The whole screen was black, and you could watch the a light moving back and forth on the screen, and you could see like like crazy huge difference between like a true black TV and then like a something that's more of like an LED TV. It's it's such a difference. It's crazy. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I think I need an OLED. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. If you're gonna spend the money anyway, you might as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Might yeah. I well. dipped I dipped my toe in and bought a cheap TV, and I know that I like it. So I think now that it's broke. It's time to just put some, like a decent amount of money in and get something that I like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially, uh, yeah, something that's going to last. I mean, like you said, though, worrying about the burn-in. Uh, I've heard that there, there there's, like, some process or, like, setting that you can run to, like, refresh the pixels or something on them that, that I've heard that some people yeah. do. So, yeah, it might take yep. a little extra, like, conscious, you know, a little extra effort to <laughs> make sure that yeah, definitely. some shit doesn't burn into it, but... Uh, yeah, especially on nights where I just want to get high and pass out. <laughs> and, uh, have to be more careful with that, I guess. Sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, most TVs do. I mean, my TCL does. They do have settings where, like, it'll automatically power off if nothing's going on after a while. Because, you know, we cut the cord and I use the... I think I've even maybe mentioned this on the show before, but I use the free Pluto TV a lot. And Pluto itself, like after so many hours, it'll come up and be like, "Are you still watching?" And if you don't press anything, it'll, it'll kick you off, I guess, because they don't, you know, just, right. you know, the be wasting streaming bandwidth or whatever for people who are passed out and high. Yeah. But anyway, so whenever that happens, then the app will close and it'll kick my TV back to the TV's home screen. But once it's on the home screen for like five or ten minutes, it'll just power it, itself off. So there's always, you know, there's settings like that to 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 keep in mind, yeah. but. Yeah, I'll definitely have to set all that stuff up. If I end up getting it, who knows what will happen between now and Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Especially because they sell out so quick. Ugh, I don't know. I'm sure I'll find something. It's just... I was also thinking of maybe just getting a QLED from Samsung, which is like half the price, like $500, and they're pretty, supposed to be pretty decent. Okay. So that's like something between LED and OLED. Uh-huh. Um, and half the price, but... Well, actually, more like, more like a third a third of the price. 500 instead of 1500 Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was going to wait till Black Friday. Hopefully, I can get something under a thousand, and uh, we'll see. Keep everyone updated on my important TV adventure. <laughs> yep, we know you're dying to know how how the story ends. 
Did he get it? Did he get the OLED? <laughs> um, but yeah, and they, we you know we thought that would maybe you know be valuable for a gaming audience to you know hear about yeah. the, the the TV shit and because because it it does matter and then uh, it is important especially as as 4K continues and you got to know your right. hertz and know what compromises yeah. you're making and yeah I think if you're a gamer it's important to keep in mind that the LGs. The LGs seem to be made most with gamers in mind, and especially because they have the HDMI 2.1 ports. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a PC gamer, you can use that right now. If you have a beefy PC, you, you can do 4K 120 hertz. Uh-huh. But I just mean for consoles, they're not quite there yet. Which is weird because it's like you buy the PS5 and it's like, it's 8, 8K ready or something. It's like, hey, you'll never fucking play anything in 8K. Give me a goddamn break. I know. It's so stupid that they put that on the box. Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, people are still getting on board 4K. And they're like, no, 8K. There's four more Ks. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, trust me, I'm excited for 8K, but I also know that I probably won't have it for another 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, realistically. Maybe, who knows? If I buy this TV, because I, I, I don't upgrade really unless I need to or unless it's really cheap. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And whenever 8K's TVs, I mean, I'm sure they're already out and they're probably $5,000, but, you know, I'm not going to spend that much. So who knows how long that'll take to be affordable? Seven years, maybe seven more years. I don't know. Yeah, and then also for things to actually realistically take advantage of it, and to be designed with that in mind, you know. Right. That won't be. I mean, maybe maybe PlayStation Six will be eight K. Actually, be able to play things in eight K. It'll be sixteen K at least on yeah, the box. Then, <laughs> right. Yeah. Then it'll be sixteen K TVs. That's right. Does it always double? Or will it just be like 12K next time? Or does, <laughs> Thir- is it just, does it just auto-double? 13.5K. Because on PC, you can pick all of the different resolutions in between and go with whatever runs best with your hardware, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. So TV stuff's fun. Uh, we've been crunching a lot at work. I mean, we going long on this intro. Oh, yeah. We don't need to dwell on this too much, but... Uh, yeah, you asked, me, you asked me how I was. How how have you been? Now you can talk about your new your new job. <laughs> uh, I've been good. Yeah, uh, right into the thick of it. My second week of work. We were joking, you know, without going too much in detail. We have this. We had this deadline Friday to get all like all these get all this shit done, and fortunately it was moved to Tuesday night, so we have a little more breathing room. But so we were, we were putting a lot of hours in, and and uh, we were joking off air about how. Uh, we're officially a, we're a part of video game crunch, <laughs> and, yeah. how, and how and how we're gonna up. stage a walkout, even though we're yeah. working from working from home and <laughs> yeah, video game localization <laughs> crunch working from home. We're just gonna walk outside of our houses and hold up signs protesting. <laughs> Too much. Yeah. No. 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 So does that's great. Bother you? No, not at all. It's it, uh, I, I, again. This is a. It's just my second week at the job, but uh, so I mean, who knows? But right now, it's like it's kind of exciting like it's it's cool to like have a little bit of pressure and you know because going from being a janitor and not having any pressure at all to going to a job where it's like all right like i don't know it's motivating in a way it's like yeah like you feel like you're at least i feel like i'm like i'm really like accomplishing something i'm doing something i i want to feel like i'm contributing and feel like i'm being part of the team and like pulling my weight and and um yeah i could understand how like if it was constantly like this for months at a time, you know, I can understand how it wouldn't be probably you know healthy for a person. But no, yeah. But, but it's been... for every now and then, for like a, you know, like a week or whatever, like every you know, it's, I was yeah. enjoying it. I, I was kind, of, I was into it. I it didn't bother me. 
Yeah, for a week every few months, maybe. Mm-hmm. It really just depends on how much work the boss wants to accept. Sometimes he uh, just takes as much. I mean, he, he does reject a lot of work, but then he also takes a little bit too much, um, and it gets us in trouble sometimes. But yeah, there was one time where we were really lucky, where he took like three giant jobs, and each job was like three hundred thousand words, or two between two and three hundred thousand words, and they were all due around the same time. And I was like, we can't finish this. There's no way. And he's just like. You know, I don't want to hear that from a worker. We gotta figure it out. And it's like that just life doesn't work like that. <laughs> and then luckily, the one job, the client canceled it. And they're like, we turns out we we're not gonna put out this game, and they canceled it. No. And we barely finished the two jobs in time. And it was like, there's no way we could have done the whole other game in that same time, done another two hundred something thousand words. No way. We yeah. got really lucky there. <laughs> Ooh, man, yeah, that's scary. But uh, but yeah. The crunches, the crunches. I think it's worse when you're when you're working in an office. Depends on what office you're working in, of course. But you know, like if you're working in an office with a bunch of fluorescent lights, and it's just like, oh, I just want to get it the hell out of here. You know, yeah. I don't want to be here for more than my shift. But when you're working from home, it's I think it's much more doable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, you have the comforts of home, but uh, right. And then you but, take like a little uh, jerk off break in between. Yeah, exactly. You your just, work. Yeah. So so I mean, like, it's not so bad because. No, I mean, Even if you have a, a 10 a or 12 hours, hey, yeah, no, I know. Because <laughs> you're just like, eh, you know, you can just walk away for five, 10 minutes at a time. Go grab a water. Uh, a dick. Go give the cat some treats. Go pull your right. pud a little bit. Um, I still get paid to go yeah. number two. You're getting paid the shit. You're uh-huh. getting paid to pull your pud. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then your mind's clear again, right back to work. All right, glad I got that out of the way. So really... Uh-huh. I've still felt pretty like tired and like exhausted, you know, a, cu- a couple days after like, you know, working for like 10 or whatever hours, but like, yeah, but, but again, yeah, it's, it's like a good, it's a re- rewarding exhaustion maybe, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Kind of rewarding. Yeah. There are some times where at the end of the eight hours, maybe it's at the, it usually is at near the end of the week, I think, where it's like, I can't look at words anymore. Like it hurts my brain to like, and it depends on how bad the translations are, of course. Mm-hmm. If it requires a lot of work to like change stuff around and a lot of there's a lot of errors, then it's just it's a lot of mental. It's a very mentally exhausting job, and uh, it is rewarding. I mean, it feels good to work in video games, but like most of the games we work on are like mobile games that are just like, in my opinion, this predator predatory with a ton of like currencies and like, mm-hmm. and they get, the games tend to not last more than two years and then they die, unfortunately. Right. So it'd be better some of the games are really fun to work on they have really good dialogue but then like you know a lot of it's just generic fantasy shit and uh, they just pump a lot of of these companies just pump these games out and (laughs) I don't know they they pump it out to make a bunch of money off of the 1% of people who spend hundreds of dollars and then and then they end up getting shut down because there's no you know you know mobile games there's no it's like pop music they just they just shit them out real quick and then they're not classics they don't last they don't last in people's minds they're not memorable Mm mm-hmm they're just there to make quick money off of microtransactions and then they go away. Unfortunately, that's... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, not to talk shit in our job. Right. It's actually a really good, uh, interesting comparison to pop music. I'd say it's pretty accurate. Hey, a lot of hard work. Got some partying in yesterday, so... No, because I was going to say, too, that's another reason that we're doing this so late. We we planned on, like, you know, in a perfect world, I was going to come home early today and... Uh, we were going to get this done and maybe do some overtime for the job and everything. But it's just like, I came home and I was still kind of drunk and really exhausted. And I had to sleep on the couch for a few hours. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I hardly slept. 
And I, I found myself napping at the same time you were napping. So then it worked out that we just didn't want to do it at the same time. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, we couldn't record it during the week because of all the overtime. So, yeah, we're late. Yep. So bear with us, listeners. We're, we try to get it out, uh, you know, as often as we can. Usually, I think the longest we've gone was before the fourth episode. I think there was like three weeks or something. But other than that, we've was been... It really? Was it three weeks? Yeah, because it it took me like a week and a half to edit it for some reason. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So so a lot of that was on me too, but but yeah, we're we're busy, but we're going to try to make it out for you at least every couple weeks. So yeah, be patient with us, us. listener. Obviously, as you can tell, we're just bullshitting a lot about random shit. (laughs) I know. (laughs) This is the longest intro we've ever done. I I wouldn't say we're like a source for real video game news, but... No. At the same time, there's a hundred other podcasts you can go to if you want that. Exactly. I think we're more here for conversation and talking about talking about more stuff that happens in the video game world that's more controversial or political, and then we kind of finish up with normal video game stuff. But yeah, yeah, we don't really do like the you know, you know like the everyday. This happened today in the news because it's that kind of bores the shit out of me anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. And we're not, and again, yeah, we're not the people for that. There's there's plenty of other people uh, doing that. So our role is more kind of just to hopefully entertain you and then also uh, hopefully give you some insights into, uh, you know, what we think about games industry, being lifelong video game people and uh, just giving you maybe. giving you another opinion maybe that hopefully you can uh, get something from, even if yeah. you don't agree all the time or whatever. But. Something to chew on for a while. If you're not so enraged that you just turn us off, <laughs> something to think about. And if you like listening to us talk about pooping. Every every now and then, yeah. Well, then check out last episode because we talked about poo for fifteen minutes. So if you enjoy poop conversations, go back to episode five. Uh huh. But yeah, so with that, I mean, that's it's pretty good transition. Speaking of uh, talking about some more political things, so I'm gonna uh, in lieu of a normally we do like a some kind of topic, um, you know, something something to to muse on a bit. But uh, but this week we're the topic is we're just gonna talk about some news articles. Yeah. Are, we're gonna, we're things gonna go that are going on, a, on. Bit of a woke journey mm-hmm. a journey through wokeness <laughs> a journey through wokeness and then talk about some politics mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what so we do know, so because i know a lot so, of people who listen to video game podcasts they're like i just i don't sick of politics just talk about the video games but it's like don't listen to this then because <laughs> i, I want to talk about this stuff I, I i think we both kind of agree that politics is a part of life politics it, it doesn't go away it's it it's it's in games it's yeah i just i like talking about it because i think there are too many pundits well there there are way too many pundits who are left-wing and they just they're they're overtly political but and they think it's okay because they're left-wing and so their politics are the real politics and they're allowed to say it Mm -hmm. which we'll get into more later here and then there's a lot of people and pundits and journalists who kind of like try and stay in the middle and they don't they just because they're walking on eggshells they don't want to say anything that might offend anyone but i would rather give our true opinions and dig a little deeper into these things and without being scared of, you know, being canceled or attacked on Twitter or whatever. Not that we haven't that many Twitter followers yet, but, but I think it's refreshing to hear someone give an honest opinion instead of being too scared to talk about something. Yes. Politics is an inescapable part of life and we need to all be mature enough to have conversations about it without getting all like pissed off or butthurt. Yeah. And it helps if you can listen to an opinion you don't agree with. Uh, I mean, it sucks that this is a podcast, and so we can't communicate with the audience more directly. So they kind of just have to listen to us, and they can't. I'm sure sometimes they're sitting at home just yelling because they don't agree. But and that sucks that it's harder to communicate directly 
Uh, and maybe we could do that someday through if we start streaming on Twitch or if we get kind of big, we could have meetups and talk directly. But I think you and I are both, I mean, we can talk about our political affiliations near the end of the news article stuff because we're going to be talking about conservative viewpoints, but I would consider myself center left. I don't know if you want to say anything about, I mean, I would consider myself more an independent, but I'm a registered Democrat. I think I think I kind of lean progressive, right? Like yeah, uh, Bernie Sanders kind of like take take money away from the corporations and give it back to us, kind of, you know. Yeah, I, I stopped using the word progressive because I to me the word progressive is like the bad. I shouldn't. I know you shouldn't use the word bad, but it's like the more extreme form of the left or the progressives. And I actually prefer the term liberal liberal better, even though there's a lot of people who use the word liberal as a derogative as well. Yeah, I think the term liberal tends to mean, uh, you know, let me live my life and fuck off. You know, people who are liberal tend to be anti-authoritarian and mm-hmm. not necessarily anti-regulation, but common sense regulation, I would say. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I would consider myself center-left too. Yeah, I mean, I consider myself center-left, but I nowadays I get along more with conservatives than I do with progressives, mm-hmm. which is interesting. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of interesting things going on politically right now. And a lot, of, and a lot of confusing things, and then like, oh yeah, a lot of the labels don't even mean anything anymore. Everything is so confused and fucked. <laughs> I know that's that's why I never like really thought about like, oh, like what am I politically? Because again, like I, but once I started learning, like, yeah, okay, so the progressive stuff, I, I agree with a lot of that, but I, I agree that I, I, I never want to say, oh, I'm a progressive, I'm a, I'm a this or that, because it's just, yeah, right. I, don't, I don't know, because. Yeah. No. Nobody probably. Um, I'm sure some people do, but maybe nobody should agree with absolutely everything that categorizes someone, that categorizes a belief system right. under one word or whatever. Like, you're probably not going to agree yeah. with everything, each and every little detail. So, are you really that or not? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Right. That's why I just try and say center left yeah. instead of any specific label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I do I, love Bernie though. Yeah, I've lost some respect for him, but I still like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, and I was—I grew up very anti-religious. I'm not—I'm not that way anymore. I've grown—I've—I've I've gained some respect for religion. I thought, well, here's the thing: is I thought I was anti-religious, but then I realized once the left started getting out of hand, because I think that Democrats have replaced God and church with politics, and like you said, they feel there's a lot of people on the left who automatically believe anything that you know, the left-wing news puts out, left-wing politicians put out, they automatically regurgitate it and believe it. It's basically a church. So mm-hmm. I've found that mm-hmm. I I have, I thought I was, maybe I'm anti-religious, but then I realized, no, I'm not anti-religious. I'm anti-authoritarian. I don't like anyone telling me what I'm allowed to do, what I'm allowed to think, what I'm allowed to say. Mm-hmm. So, and because of that, and because of the left going a little more insane in the past, I don't know, five years, five, between four and seven years, getting really out of control, I would say I've been... Getting a lot long, uh, getting a, along with conservatives a lot more, and uh, and trust me, I still I still hear religious people say shit where I'm like, oh Jesus, but <laughs> but I do recognize that conservatives tend to be more community oriented and more helpful for their neighbors and people than I think the left uh, are. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, anyway, I'm trying to can't really convert this back into a video game conversation yet, but <laughs> it's going to get political again near the end here. So. I yes. just want to move into the video games and we'll go back to this. I will let you kind of, uh, I'll let you lead this part. You can um, tackle the, the articles here in whatever order you want. I will lead. You follow me. I will follow. If you want to live. Yeah, I mean, we're going to start off 
we're going to start off a little light here with some Blizzard news because we love Blizzard. We talk about them every week uh, <laughs> because we hate women and we love Blizzard. So here we go. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Case you're you're a new listener, we joke a lot. Uh, we don't. We're not anti-women, and also we're not anti-cat. We're very very pro-cat. We're not abusing our cats over here. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't assume everyone listening to every episode. It's gonna. Uh, yeah, we talk a lot about Blizzard and how much we love their games, and you know, Blizzard's in a lot of hot water over their uh, supposed mistreatment of women in the workplace. So we joke around and say we hate women because we love Blizzard. It's a joke. It's not. We don't. Yeah. Yes. Don't necessarily love Blizzard or hate women. Probably a, li- a little bit of both, but somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just keep that in mind. But yes. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so we'll start a little light. Blizzard's been making some really small changes to their game because of all of the backlash. And I want to get get your opinion on how you feel about these kinds of things. So, first of all, they are changing uh, McCree's name in Overwatch Mm -hmm. because McCree was named after one of the guys in the uh, Cosby suite picture, Mm -hmm. which brought a lot of heat on Blizzard. So they're changing his name. I'm not sure what they're changing it to yet. I don't know if they actually announced that, but um, so they're they're doing that. And then in in mm-hmm. WoW recently, they changed a couple quest titles. Um, one of the quest titles was "My sack is gigantic," and they changed it to "My storage is gigantic," because obviously sense. it was a joke around balls, and they got rid of the ball joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something about your yeah your inventory storage sack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then they had another quest called "Bros Before Ho Ho Hoes," which is another Christmas christmas quest and they just changed it to holiday bromance and i'm I'm running through this kind of quickly not because it's not i'm not going to read the whole article these are coming from because it's not that important Mm -hmm. and then recently they changed some imagery in in world of warcraft and uh, i just sent you this link so i I think you've seen it but there was a uh, a portrait of a mage lady with some major cleavage hanging out looking fairly seductive and they changed it into this super bland ass boring picture of a mage with uh no cleave no cleave hanging out and it's just a i don't know man it's a very very boring very different picture and then there was another image that they changed of uh, a lady in a swimsuit super blurry it's i wouldn't even say this image is sexual super blurry image of a lady laying down in a bikini and they just changed it into a more of like a fancy portrait of a bowl of fruit yeah i guess the life of fruits i just want to know i just, i want to know what you think about this stuff in general, these little mi- minor tweaks to kind of like this, what I'm going to call woke outrage. You know, a lot of people don't like the word woke, but I think that's what it is. I mean, it. the word describes it all pretty well. You, you could say woke when people know what you're talking about, so I think it's fine. I understand. Whatever. We're not talking about that. But anyway. Before we dig into this, isn't it weird, though, that I think that these same people who are outraged at Cleve in video games, I think they're the same people who watch, like, you know, the award shows with super sexual performances and they 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 praise that stuff and they think that that's super progressive and stuff but then in video games when a woman is showing cleave it's like no no it's bad yeah so i don't know if it's because most gamers are guys and they think that guys looking at this stuff is sexist whereas if it's an artist doing it and it's a performance they praise the sexuality of it even though it's like grossly perverse sometimes it's mm-hmm. it can be a bit much like like come on like do you really think is the song wet ass pussy is that uh is that a is that a progressive direction for society is that because i think people do look at it like that but it, to me it seems like a regression in a way you're absolutely right there there is some kind of breakdown there's some kind of hypocrisy there i think it does but even with like kids too 
like on these like American like a you know America's Got Talent or whatever, and there's these like I don't know because mom watches it sometimes. I I don't watch it, but just like, right. but but anyway, like ten to thirteen year old kids on there like twerking around on stage and shit, and it's oh, like really? kind of like sexualizing these kids. It's like how how is this not a problem? How is this? Why is nobody like? Why is this okay? But but like you're saying. Yeah, cleavage in a video game isn't, and I think uh, what you said about maybe because it's maybe about the audience that plays video games that that could play into it. But I don't understand the breakdown between. Cause I thought we were supposed to be like body positivity and like be proud of your body. And so yeah, why so why are boobs wrong then? Like why are we covering up boobs? Shouldn't we be proud of? Yeah, that's boobs? the other thing is like I think these same people are also the body body positive people, and so they're like, oh no, we don't like Victoria's Secret. That's gross, and it's like you know uh, turning women into objects. But then. But then they push for putting fat people in Victoria's Secret. And they're like, yeah, that, now that's <laughs> awesome. Fat, fat, half-naked people. That's great. That's great. And it's just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, like, what's the difference? Like, it, yeah, it, it shouldn't matter if you're skinny or fat. I mean, boobs are boobs, and they're great. They're part of our bodies. But, yeah, so anyway, so what you were saying was, like, uh, the, the picture of Jaina Proudmore. And I wouldn't even necessarily say it was a seductive pose. She's just, like, casting a spell. She just happens to have a little bit of cleavage. And, yeah, so they gave her, like, a bra. Yeah. Well, like a little sports bra underneath there. I don't even, even know if I noticed it because it's so much of like, who cares? I guess it's kind of sexual seeing cleave, but it's also like badass. Like it's almost cool. Like it makes the female look awesome showing some cleave and having wielding magic. You know what I mean? Right. And you put the sports bra on her and it's like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. It's not a big deal, but I think it does look less cool. I think she looks cooler as a character. It's the same with, uh, mm-hmm. oh boy, this is this is bad. It's like, it's like I don't play that much WoW, but my favorite WoW character is that she's like a dark elf archer. She's like she's super heavy metal looking. Oh, her name. you're not talking she's about like, uh, I don't know. You're, you're not talking about um the fucking the undead queen, are you, Sylvanas? Yeah, yeah, her. Cause she she's like an undead like night elf archer lady or whatever, like the, the queen of the undercity. Right. Cause cause yeah, they they made her less sexy recently as well. Right. Yeah. They, they I, gave I her more clothes awesome. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved her character design. I love her whole character, her voice, everything. Sylvanas Windrunner. One of my favorite video game characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, like, desexualizing is... It's not that big of a deal. A lot of times I don't even notice it when they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I feel like... I do ask, I do ask like, why? Especially if most of your audience is male, and I think that that's objectively true. It's overwhelmingly male. And male, you know, men like looking at Cleave... Let them let them look at Cleave. <laughs> <laughs> let the man see Cleave. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. It's, it's just it's weird to me. This right. whole super censoring all, all the sexual stuff in video games. And again, to your like pop star comparison or, or whatever, and then like bringing that to Jaina. So yeah, it's empowering for a woman to get up on stage in skimpy clothes and shake her ass around or whatever. But then we need to cover up a major's boobs. But but then like you're saying like. Wouldn't that, if, if we take that pop star logic and then move it there, doesn't it make Jaina proud more or whatever? Doesn't that, isn't that part of her character that she's choosing to let her, let some cleave right. show? You know what I mean? Like, well, isn't yeah, that the I same kind of empowerment? You know what I mean? Kind of is. I mean, but the same, yeah. There's, yeah, there is, I mean, but it's sexualization of, too. Yeah. Look, don't be offended. It's complicated. Right? A lot of power in for women is being seductive. That's where they get their power from. A lot, of, in, in a lot of ways, it doesn't have to be that way, mm-hmm. but it certainly is. Like, you know, you can't deny the fact that a very sexy lady 
has a bit of like control over a lot of men. Sure. Looks. So this picture that they changed in, in WoW of this very seductive looking mage turning her into this super bland, boring mage. It does. I think it does lose a lot of. I would use the word power. It loses a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these artists are actually women, and they want to draw this. Like they drew it because they wanted to draw it. So then you have these people who are looking for any reason to be offended. This small minority of people getting all of these changes that they want, and I just feel like they have too much power. It's almost like how what. I think it's a Ricky Gervais saying where it's just because you think you're a victim doesn't mean you're automatically right. Something like, or no, mm. just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. I love Ricky. But these people get a lot of what they want. And it's like, and even it's like, okay, what if a lot of women disagree with you? Why did, why do you get it your way? Just because you maybe cry the loudest, even mm. though a lot of women don't even agree with you. So I, I think we listen to people who overly victimize things and themselves way too much. And they have way too much power. And these companies would be better if they just started ignoring this shit instead of giving in. Stop apologizing. If you don't think you did anything wrong, don't apologize. And I go over, I think is interesting too, is that I think you see at the same time games coming from especially places like Korea that are just like these like weeby, blatantly super sexualized games with just anime girls with big tits, right? So yeah, like, that's what we work on. But like nobody talks about that though. Is Is that just because... It's not as popular here, I guess. I think some people do bring it up. I think I think Kotaku and stuff, they do bring up the, if they think anime and stuff is uh, sexist. I think they do bring that stuff up. But yeah, but a lot of these mobile games, you're right, they don't bring them, those up very often, even though they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I, it's just kind of interesting that you can kind of get away with it, I guess, as, if, as long as you're not, well, I don't know. I, I was going to say, not an American developer, but that's not necessarily true either because there's a lot of even like European kind of devs and shit that wouldn't get away with crap like that either so i think the biggest problem like if a game <clears throat> if a company wants to do that wants to be more con- i'm going to use the word conservative which is also funny because that's true it's like they're taking the conservative approach at dressing up women which is a that's politically conservative it's less mm. sexualizing people mm-hmm. but you're seeing that a lot on the left in video games the way to make these people un- unsexualize these people that's a very conservative point of view yeah yeah you're right but i think if a company wants to do that, it's fine. What's more scary is if now every company is afraid to sexualize things because they don't want any negative publicity coming at their company. So it's affecting people's art choices. Mm-hmm. And now no one can express themselves how they want because they're afraid of, you know, Twitter people complaining about, you know, like whenever Overwatch was first coming out and uh, whatever, there's one character. I'm really bad with names, even though I played hundreds of hours of this shit. The one character who's super fast, it's a chick, she wears super skin tight clothing and then people say oh, you can yeah. see the outline of her butt too much so they had to change it and it's like shut <laughs> the fuck up shut up and it's just like stop listening to these people like please just stop listening to them. there's a there's a ton of people out there like us who are probably afraid to say anything but most people i think the polls show that like 80 percent of people are tired of wokeness but most people mm-hmm. just keep their mouth shut so if you just tell these these people who are crying about nothing to just shut up and just do what you want it'll go away <laughs> But you're giving yeah. them power by acknowledging their tears. <laughs> <laughs> Bayonetta popped into my mind. I don't hear anyone. Because isn't she just yeah. completely naked, but with her hair covers up her hot body? But I don't. I, I never hear people. I hear mostly generally positive things about Bayonetta whenever anyone talks about it. Yeah. I, so I like can't the, think of anything negative about that. I've so, heard about that. So that gets a pass for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, and then also, too, I, I'm thinking of... Uh, <clears throat> 
look the shit that's going on with all these like gamer girl streamers where they just like get in bikinis and get in like hot tubs now and shit it's yeah, all well, I, it's all about their how hot they are and that's and i i predicted this man i, I wrote that ragdoll farces article like eight years ago or something of princess yes Peach, yes where like she just gradually takes off more clothes and gets more donations as it happens mm-hmm. she's like she's it's about princess peach streaming on twitch and she's talking to billy Slowmeat, the our <laughs> our uh, journalist our made-up journalist and he's like are you don't you think you're just taking advantage of lonely men and taking their money but then by the end of it she's wearing so so little clothes and being so flirty that he's donating money to her because he, <laughs> he couldn't couldn't uh fight her i don't know sexiness or whatever yeah it was a good one but yeah and then you have that lady what's her name Am- amareth or something because like two weeks ago i was on twitch I don't know what I was doing. I was, I think I was probably watching the singer for all that remains because he gets on there like every week and he sings songs on Twitch and it's kind of cool to watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I saw Amaranth pop up, so I clicked on it to see what she was up to. Cause she's always doing something stupid. <laughs> yes. And so yep. she just had she had these mics. She had a mic, two mics, one on each side facing each other, and they had they had plastic ear. Each mic had a plastic ear on it. <laughs> and so every time somebody subscribed to her for five dollars. She would lick the ear for thirty seconds, so it was just her lick. It was just licking sounds for thirty seconds. Jesus so you could just watch her. She's just basically just looking you in the eyes in the camera and then licking the ear of this microphone attached to this microphone mm-hmm. and just making all of his money. And I, and I was just like laughing because I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, it actually made me kind of kind of respect her because she knows that this is stupid. Oh, of course. But she she also knows it's easy money, and I think it's hilarious. So. I'm not here to talk shit on her at all. No. I mean, if you have it and you can do it, go for it. Yes. Yeah. I'm. I'm yeah. Yeah. I'm all for but it. Like I said, you but, you are just taking advantage of lonely nerds. Absolutely. So yeah. So so again, then that comes back to is that female empowerment or is she part of sex sexualizing women? You know, but she's a woman choosing to do it, right? So it's right. like yeah. So so I mean, my girlfriend and I talk about this kind of often. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's a little bit of both. There's some empowerment there, like I said, of using your sexuality for power, right? To a certain degree, but at some point, you know, as you age, you lose that power. Mm-hmm. So, if you spend your entire young life taking advantage of your sexuality and using men for money and other things, and then you hit forty, and then they trade you in for a younger girl, and then you didn't spend your life gaining any skills because you were just thought you'd be hot forever. Uh, I don't know if you get to cry about that. Right. You, know, you 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 need to spend your time if you want to use your sexuality. That's great, but you should also be, you know, learning things and and adding skills to your repertoire and because mm-hmm. you're going to need them someday. You can't just you you know eventually you're going to get old and you're not going to be sexy anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just suck money out of people <laughs> with your looks forever. And then. And if you are going to do that, I don't like I said, I don't think you get to complain later whenever it runs out. This is a whole side thing, and we don't need to dwell on it too. But it, that kind of plays into the pressure of you know industry people, the pressure with like plastic surgery and shit as women get older, where they feel like you know they they need to still look like they're twenty for some reason. And that shit's always awful. It's and it just looks so much worse all the time to me. Yeah, it never looks better. It never looks better, and it, it's a shame that that kind of pressures on women and stuff like that sucks but because i you know whenever their value is like you're saying like more just in their looks and their sexuality and then you start to grow older you need to pump you know silicone and plastic and shit in yourself to well, 
kind of maintain that and whereas i don't i don't know it's just too bad because i i always appreciate a someone who can age with a little bit of dignity yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like i i find that way more attractive yeah they think they need that but they don't they don't i i have a message for women are you are you women ready <laughs> <laughs> so because when i i get on like snapchat or like instagram or whatever and i see all of these girls that are supposedly hot like the kim kardashians and stuff and they're wearing so much makeup that i find it a, a kind of appalling mm-hmm. Pancake like i don't think makeup. it's attractive at all all i think of is what do you really look like under there what the fuck do you look like because that's not what you look like yeah who are you yeah and who are I, you I really you it's like you look like the super smooth mannequin and it doesn't look good and then i see these most girls they take the makeup off and i'm like holy shit you look so good naturally why are you doing this Mm-hmm. Why are you covering up like, your natural beauty? Right. Yeah. So I completely agree. Th- you can use like a little bit of makeup here and there to like touch some things up. I think that's fine. But some women just use layers and layers and layers, and it's just like I don't. G- and here's the thing: is like if you watch like a dating show on Netflix, all of those girls like on like whenever they just throw people on an island and shit, all of those girls look like that. They all look like mannequins. I don't know what they really look like, but all of the dudes are like, man, this girl's so hot. She's so hot. So I think that it, that look probably is attractive to douchebags and idiots, right? <laughs> but those aren't those aren't the guys you want in the long term. That's not the kind of guy you're gonna want. So I think you're attracting the wrong people by trying to make yourself look so different with all of this makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think you should go for your natural looks and be yourself. And that's to me that's beautiful. I've met so many people who don't wear makeup, and I'm like, you look so good. And then like they dress up to go out. And I don't, I don't, a lot of times I don't say anything, but in my head, I'm like, man, this person looks way worse with all of this makeup. It's not, mm-hmm. it's just a waste of money and time. You, you look good without it. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Look at us. So anyway, did you, is there something you want to say about Amaranth? Cause you brought her up, I think, or no, maybe I did, but you were talking about Twitch people. No, just the point that, um, you know, we're, we're censoring all this sexualized things, but then, but, but at the same time, the most popular people on Twitch are super hot girls again getting in hot tubs and shit or licking microphones or whatever so it's like it's just just interesting like the line between yeah female empowerment and negative sexualization so so is it only a is the problem that whenever a man designs a female character and makes her hot so i guess that's the problem yeah that's probably how they think of it they probably think it's just a bunch of men with boners drawing all this art or something oh oh yeah, well, these woke people are, they don't make sense. So there, there was this one editor I used to work with, and we were talking about the animated Spider-Man movie. And uh, did you watch that? Was it, what was that called? Do you, do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, really good movie. I didn't love it, and, like a lot of people did, but it was good. Yeah, and I was, so I was working with this one of my editors, and he, he was very woke, and he said, I don't know if him, he brought it up my boss. I think my boss might have brought it up. But he's like, so since that black character goes around spray painting everything, and that's a stereotype, is that racist? And oh. then my, my woke editor dude was like, well, it's only racist if a white guy wrote that part for him. Mm. And I was just like, and then I don't agree with any of that. I don't think it's no. racist. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a stereotype. I, don't, I think the story's fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is just a conversation I was listening to between my boss and another editor. Yeah. And then... Oh shit, oh, man! I there's something about the story where like the woke editor, he 
went into this paradox of thought and his brain exploded right in front of me. <laughs> and I'm having a hard time remembering exactly what it was because he was talking about how much he loved the movie. He loved, I love that movie. And then my boss was like, well, isn't that racist? And he's like, well, maybe it's only racist if like a white person wrote it. But then mm-hmm. you could tell like in his head, he was thinking, but I love the movie, but it's racist. Am I racist now? Like he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't handle all the different <laughs> thoughts going on in his head and it, like, it was just like I just watched his head like explode in front of me and he just kind of stopped talking about it but um no I don't think that's racist at all who cares if a black character you know is a graffiti artist that doesn't make it a stereotype there's plenty I'm sure there's there's plenty of white graffiti artists mm, oh yeah um, I don't know what do you think do you did you think that's a stereotype and therefore racist no I didn't even think about it in the movie honestly I, I just didn't no, think about exactly. it no exactly neither did I and nobody should so when I heard my boss and this editor talking about it i was just like god what a dumb conversation and to watch the editor's head and to watch the the woke editor try to make sense of it and watch his head explode was like (laughs) well this makes sense because it doesn't because it doesn't make sense it's a pointless conversation yeah yeah why do we need to find race well yeah find racism and and shit like uh, like these people are looking for it where it doesn't even exist half the time you know transitions into actors well you can only you know act gay if you are gay now it's like so then what the fuck isn't does the word actor mean anymore if you can't act you can only mm. do you can only play what you are that's a different thing i i i get the point that uh certain people that represent certain identities or whatever should have a chance to do that but at the same time i also don't i also don't think it's a problem for someone who doesn't it's also not a problem for someone to act either you know right i mean i think if you're writing a if you're writing a character and the character happens to be black um i don't think it matters what skin color the writer is unless you're writing a story about that's inherently about the black community and about their culture then i don't i think you can still do it and be white or any race but you need to do a lot more research and you need to talk to people in that community before you do it i think Mm -hmm. oh yeah there's definitely a responsibility for sure but yeah i don't i don't think every gay character in a film or a show needs to be a gay person because it's just right. like, because at, at some point, again, it's just it, that, that logic goes too far at some point, And it's like, well, aren't we, isn't this just dividing us and separating us in a way that you're supposed to be against then? Like gay people, stay in your lane. You can only play gay people. Straight people, right. stay in your lane. You can only play straight people. It's like, isn't that just serving kind of this yeah. Yeah, that's the division? Like when you write a story, right? Yeah, when you act, when you act as a different ethnicity or even sex or whatever, then you have to put yourself in their shoes and you can learn more about what they're going through. And the same thing if you're writing for a different culture or a different different race or a different sex. Because if you're writing for something different than you, uh, like we said, you have to put a lot of research into it and then you have to learn about it. And that's good. It's mm-hmm. not bad. It's right. good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the uh, Blizzard stuff. We can move on to the, uh, the uh, Tripwire and Five Nights at Freddy's things if you're ready. I think we actually had a somewhat compelling conversation there already that i i didn't i think we found a topic that we didn't that we weren't necessarily conscious of like we yeah. kind of yeah i always feel like man it could have been better because i know like i don't know you know like whenever you take it i think the best when i'm in the shower so then i feel like maybe i should do the podcast while showering maybe that <laughs> i can deliver the best content if i'm in the shower uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's some news recent news of tripwire uh the tripwire ceo getting in trouble well not really in trouble, just in trouble by people who don't agree with him. And the same thing with the Five Nights at Freddy creator. So I'm going to link these together, and then we'll talk about it together, because they're, they're both kind of similar. So the CEO of Tripwire Interactive, 
a dude named John Gibson, uh, he tweeted about the Texas abortion law recently, uh, and he tweeted in support of it. And here's what he had to say. Here's what his tweet said. It said, proud of the U.S. Supreme Court for affirming the Texas law banning abortion for babies with a heartbeat. As an entertainer, I don't get political very often. Yet with so many vocal peers on the other side of this issue, I felt it was important to get on the record as a pro-life game developer. It's always said. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, uh, obviously a bunch of people on Twitter really pissed off. He lost one of the companies they were working with, pulled out, stopped working with him. A company named Shipwright Studios. They said, while your politics are your own, the moment you make them a matter of public discourse, you entangle all of those working for you and with you. And then they pulled out working with him. They also work with uh, your favorite company, Torn Banner Studios, the people who make (laughs) chivalry. And uh, these people put out a statement saying, the statement, uh, the statement, oh, his statement stands in opposition to what we believe about women's rights. And uh, that's all I see here. I don't know if they wrote more than that or not. Anyway, they're against what he said. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Corey Barlog, Bar- 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 what a name. <laughs> Corey Barlog, the creative director of God of War, you shall not pass. He-, he tweeted and he said, how can anyone be proud of claiming dominion over a woman's personal freedom? So anyway, a bunch of people pissed off at this dude. And then the actual company themselves, Tripwire, mm-hmm. left a statement regarding what the CEO said. And uh, their statement, not too long, a couple paragraphs, but I'll read it. It says, the comments given by John Gibson are of his own opinion and do not reflect those of Tripwire Interactive as a company. His comments disregarded the values of our whole team, which is kind of weird, the whole team, our partners and much of our broader community. Okay, let me read that again. His comments disregarded the values of our whole team, our partners and much of our broader community. Our leadership team at Tripwire are deeply sorry and are (laughs) unified in our commitment to take swift action and to foster a more positive environment. Effective immediately, John Gibson has stepped down as CEO of Tripwire Interactive. Uh, Co-founding member and current vice president, Alan Wilson, will take over. Alan has been with the company since its foundation in 2005. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this Alan guy is taking over. The other guy stepped down just for a simple tweet that he's Mm pro-life. And then to move on to a story from a few months ago, we have... uh, Or do you want to talk about one at a time? We can talk about one at a time. Yeah, sure. All right. So what do you think about all this? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so... Oh, it's, I almost want to say a complicated one, but it's almost, I'll speak to him stepping down as CEO first and all, and all these companies like pulling away from them. I think that's bullshit. I, I don't understand why he had to step down, like why, and why people are pulling out and I haven't having to make statements. I do understand that as a CEO of a company, I understand that, uh, that's a precarious position to be in with, I mean, he even acknowledged it in his tweet, right? That's a, right, that's also a acknowledged, tricky place to be. Yeah. He also acknowledged that if his opinion was on the other side of the aisle, he would be absolutely fine and no one would care. Yeah. He'd be, so he'd be praised. Saying, right. He's saying, kind of saying it's bullshit that they can say whatever they want and I can't. Right. And, and that he is, said it in and a that's true. Nice way. He did. He said it in a nice way and it's true. I don't think he should not have had to have stepped down over this. Oh yeah. So that's what I was going to say. Like, I understand that it's a, uh, yeah, precarious place to beat. To, to want to express something as a CEO of a company and how that can be taken to, because you kind of, as a CEO, you're kind of, you do represent the company, but at the same time, he's, st- he's still a human being. He's still an individual and he should still be able to express an opinion without ramifications to his career and everything. I mean, I, I you know, I would understand if someone wanted to make a statement and say, oh, just so everyone knows, you know, he doesn't speak for everybody. His opinion is just his. Okay. 
Right. But why does he need to be pulled down for it? Why, and, and then why why do people need to quit working with him because of this? Yeah, that's, that's insane. <laughs> so that said, a pro-choice, I, I do think that the Texas laws are pretty fucking ridiculous. And I do think it's 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 way too much and it's overreach. But at the same time, I understand pro-life arguments. I understand it. Uh, of course, nobody wants babies and potential, you know, humans, but you know, right to die and shit. But it's like I don't think a government should be able to tell someone what they should do with their body. Now that said, I mean, yeah, like second, third trimester abortions, whenever it's pre, you know, yeah, I I do think that's kind of wrong, as well. Yeah. I'm right. I'm pro-choice, but I but I but th- there there is a limit. But it's much later than six weeks. I don't. I don't know. You know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the cutoff line is for when he should be able to have an abortion or not. But right. And so yeah, the, the Texas law is fucked up in the way that they, the way they go about it is you have to report someone that you know who is doing it. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most fucked up parts of it. And I guess from what I've heard, they had to do it that way. It's like a loophole. That's the only way they could pass the bill or something was going through this bounty hunting bullshit loophole. Mm. Which I do think that's fucked up. To get around Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Um, I do think that's fucked up. I don't necessarily think, think six weeks is fucked up. I mean, I think, it, you know, if, if I was in charge, I wouldn't. That's too short, in my opinion. But I don't think it's messed up. I mean, at least it gives people some time. It's not completely banning it. And in those six weeks, you, you're allowed to have an abortion for any reason. So it's not really limited. It's just mm-hmm. a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't even know they're pregnant in that amount of time. Right. I would say something closer to three months or two and a half months is, mm-hmm. I think, a good a good time time limit. Yeah, yeah. I'm also I'm also pro-choice. Uh, however, I don't disagree with the conservatives or the pro-life people's arguments. I think that their arguments are correct. However, like you know, like in Florida or in California, you can have abortion up to six months, which I think is insane. You're basically pulling a whole kid out. I think yeah, them away six months. That's that's pretty crazy too. Um, on on the yeah, other you, on the other other end of the spectrum. I think even if I debated a pro-life person, I don't even know if I could really. W- I don't think there's any winning the argument. I, I don't think anyone can win. I don't think anyone can win the abortion argument, and that's why you have to compromise. And unfortunately, I think compromise means allowing abortion, but maybe on a short time frame. Like I said, maybe two and a half months mm-hmm. to three months. Mm-hmm. That'd be much um, more appropriate. I, I think that's not a very good compromise for pro-life people, obviously, because they don't want to see any. So they're getting the short end of the stick, but I think that the, in order for society to get along, I think it just has to be that has that's how it has to be. Because I think if you ban it, there's so many doctors who know how to do it now. They'll they'll still do it. They'll just do it in secret, or people will do it in more harmful ways. Yeah, back alley abortions. I, I don't think it's going to go away. So I think people just need a short time frame to choose. But I don't think banning it. I think is wrong. However, mm-hmm. I think murdering uh, a potential child is wrong. So. At the top of at the top of this Washington Post article for this for this tripwire stuff, there's a person holding up a sign, and it says oh. abortion is a human right. And I look at this sign, and I just think it's, a, a, it's I think it's a paradox. Abortion is a human right. Well, it is. <laughs> isn't giving birth to the thing you're killing? It's human right. <laughs> yeah. So what the fuck does that even mean? Right. You know, there's always there's the situations where uh, the complications with the development of the child where it puts the mother's health at risk or whatever there's cases of rape you know all that shit all the old arguments for abortion that shit's very true and yeah well we can't forget that yeah. shit either but at the same time 
we can hold those thoughts in our head and at the same time still be able to appreciate the thought that of of course that's going to upset a lot of people that's just some probably people like people don't believe in any any exceptions mm-hmm. and uh that really bothers me yes because yeah. forcing a woman to have a child when she was raped and then every day she has to look at that child and be reminded that she was raped that sounds like the most cruel thing i've ever fucking heard that sounds more cruel than having the abortion mm-hmm. because then too is uh there's a potential that yeah she'll resent that child and then maybe raise that child in such a way that where they're raised you know with this air of resentment and that, i'm sure that fucks up a person right. you know what i mean that's not a way to grow yeah. up either and of course there's going to be stories where they're glad that they had their kid as well mm-hmm. i mean i, I don't know what the stati- i don't know what the statistics are but i would assume the statistics probably show that most people who are thinking about abortion but don't have it are glad that they didn't have it i would assume that's the way it goes yeah that so, makes sense mm-hmm. i mean I don't know. I mean, that's another thing is probably having a child adds a lot of meaning to your life and helps you grow up in a positive way. And there's a lot of people who aren't having kids nowadays. And and uh, that's probably harmful for a lot of people's growth. I think having a family, even though I don't want kids, I still recognize that having a kid probably for the mo- for the most part makes you really mature and mm-hmm. gives you really meaning because you have to take care of something else like for the first time in your life, you put something else ahead of you, and that's I don't like I, I can't really think of anything in life more meaningful than that than sacrificing for something else, especially something that's you created, child. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. So, you know, I'm an I'm a bit of an atheist, and I'm on the left, but I can acknowledge that spirituality is good, and that mm-hmm. families and children are good, even if I don't necessarily think I want kids. I think you do, though, don't you? Yeah. Someday, with the right woman or whatever, I, I would like to pass my seed on, you know, grow a little person. And like and like you're saying, I think it would be a very interesting kind of like, it's just something I want to experience in life, like making this little human and then like being responsible for making sure he doesn't turn out like a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's my biggest fear. Is like <laughs> having like a little boy who grows up to be a giant douchebag and just like drives around listening to Kid Rock all day or something. Like, oh my God, I'm so disappointed. How have I done? <laughs> my biggest mistake was having this kid. I'm a cowboy, like, baby. Fear? Yeah. <laughs> but I also don't think... I also don't... I mean, I don't know. This might be a biased thing to say, but I think we're kind of cool people. I, I can't imagine raising kids that would be at least not somewhat cool just by yeah. growing up with cool right. well, things. My girlfriend and I talk about... <laughs> my girlfriend and I think if we had a kid, it would be a really smart, cool kid. Yeah. It would also be cool because it would be half Asian. So it would be like you know, really good at math and, like, throwing throwing stars <laughs> and shit. Uh, it was funny. The one time, I remember speaking of, like, because I said I'd be, I'd be disappointed if my son was listening to Kid Rock or something, just reminded me, there was one time where, like, you remember, like, the Columbia, Columbia, like, CD stuff where you would subscribe and then you picked seven CDs and then you had to buy four more or something and they would send you a bunch of albums? No. No. Yeah, I guess you were too young for that because you're 10 years younger than me. That's cool, though. But anyway, yeah, so you would just get a bunch of CDs for a dollar, but then you had to buy four more within the next three months or something. Okay. So so then, you know, after I picked, like, five albums, there was, like, two where I was like, I don't even know. From the rest of the selection, I don't give a shit about anything else. So I ended up picking, like, I don't even know, uh, TLC, I think, the Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls album. <laughs> I, pick, I, I picked, like, that and, like, I think Alanis Morissette. And it was funny because they came in the mail 
And then dad, he saw them and he was like, what the fuck are you listening to this shit for? <laughs> he was so disappointed that I bought these albums. It was just really hilarious. Like he cared so much. It's just like, look, I like the Waterfall song and I was out of selection. So I picked it. Who cares? Big deal, man. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, don't worry about it. Oh, that's just funny. Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Any more, uh, anything else to say about pro-life stuff? Or We're probably going to kind of come back to it after this next article. But Did you have any thoughts on just the industry industry response to him and, and yeah. him having to step get... down and stuff? Or do you, you want to do that after five nights? I don't know. I just think it's messed up that... You're only allowed to have one political opinion in the gaming industry, it seems like. And if you have anything that's like our opinion, center left, if you have anything more to the right of a far left opinion, it's like people just chase you out of the industry. It happened with Colin Moriarty. Uh, it happened with this guy. It happened with the Five Nights at Freddy's guy. Where if you're a little bit conservative or if you're just not, if you're a bit more of a nuanced thinker and you just don't agree immediately with what they want you to believe that everything is sexist, everything is racist, you know, this... You know, uh, being pro-life is anti-woman, which is stupid, especially considering statistically most pro-life people are women. So it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I think it sucks that these people claim to be inclusive, but that's a lie. They're they're they, they're only inclusive if you think exactly like they do, which is mm-hmm. not inclusive at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, we love everyone unless you're a conservative. Then you're a piece of shit and you need to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. That's basically their message. They love. They love to throw out. Yeah, they love to throw out the piece of shit term. You think slightly different We're, than me? You piece of yeah, shit. No. Like you don't deserve to live. Yeah. If you think differently from them, the, the term they always use is "shitty take." I see it all the time. Let the real shitty take. This guy's mm-hmm. a shitty. He has a shitty take. It's like, hey, dude, how about instead of shitty take, you go into detail and explain why your opinion is so much better than his, instead of just saying shitty take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shit really bothers me. Yeah. Because it was the Five Nights at Freddy's stuff. Yeah. So what's going? So what's going on there? This is a few months old, but since it ties in, and I want to talk about conservatives in the industry, I thought I would bring it up. The uh, creator of Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, Scott Scott Cawthon, Cawthon? Cawthon? Scott Cawthon, it came out recently. Somebody found out that he donated to a bunch of conservatives, um, including Donald Trump, uh, and, and also some Democrats like Tulsi Gabbard, who I love. I love Tulsi Gabbard, but he also donated to like mitch mcconnell and stuff like that anyway it came out Mm -hmm. he donated a bunch of money a bunch of people on twitter flipped out and harassed him basically said he's (laughs) anti-lgbtqia plus every time i hear that there's more letters on the end (laughs) yep it might as well just be the whole alphabet at this point (laughs) it's it's really it's dumb that's my shitty take on on lgbtqaqr6 yeah uh so anyway a bunch of people harassed him for it for being a conservative and then he released a statement it's kind of a long statement well yeah a few paragraphs i'll read it because i think it's important he says uh to say that the last few days have been surreal would be an understatement i've debated greatly how to best address this including not addressing it at all but with so many people from the lgbt community in the fan base that i love it's not an option to not address this um he says i'd like to think that the last seven years have given me the benefit of the doubt with regards to how i treat people But there I was, trending on Twitter for being a homophobe, getting doxxed, with people threatening to come to my house. My wife is six weeks pregnant, and she spent last night in fear because of what was being said online. She's already been struggling with her pregnancy, so seeing her so afraid really scared me. All this because I exercised my right, 
and my duty as an American citizen to vote for and to vote for and support the candidates who I felt could best run the country for everyone. And that's something I won't apologize for. He went on to say, this is kind of broken up a little bit. Anyway, he said, I felt he was the best man to fuel a strong economy, talking about Donald Trump, and to stand up to America's enemies abroad, of which there are many. Even if there were candidates who had better things to say towards the LGBT community directly and bigger promises to make, I believe that their stances on other issues would have ended up doing much greater harm to these communities than good. And then he said, I'm a Republican, I'm a Christian, I'm pro-life, I believe in God, I also believe in equality and in science and in common sense. Despite what some people may say, all of those things can go together. That's not an apology or promise to change, it's the way I've always been. And then he finished up with, if I get cancelled, then I get cancelled. I don't want to do this for the money anymore, I do it because I enjoy it. If people think I'm gonna, if, if people think I'm doing more harm than good now, Maybe it's better I just get canceled and retire. I would accept that. I've had a fulfilling career. Besides, most things that people can take from you, besides, most things that people can take from you are things that never had much value to begin with. I don't know what that means. <clears throat> His yeah. career or something? I don't know. And then he's on Wikipedia. There's a little paragraph. Well, there's a bunch of paragraphs with him on Wikipedia, but there's one I want to read. It says, on June 16th, 2021, Cawthon, Cawthon, Cawthon? Cawthon posted a message on his website announcing his retirement from public game development and expressing gratitude towards his followers for their ongoing support. He stated that he wished to retire in order to spend more time with his children, though his decision was thought to have been influenced by the controversy over his political donations to controversial, controversial Republican candidates. He stated his intention to appoint a successor to ensure that Five Nights at Freddy's can carry on, while he himself would continue to occupy a lesser role in its development. So uh, it says he's retiring, but then it sounds like he's not really retiring. He's just playing a lesser role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. So maybe yeah, mm-hmm. retiring from the public eye so much. I guess maybe more. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think of all this stuff? So once again, it's it's a fucking shame that someone that someone's life has to be upended in that kind of way just for a political belief. Um, it's it's bullshit, and I I think it's uh the statement that you read that he put out may it makes total sense to me and i think it's it's also pretty brave of him i think to say that and i agree with him yeah yeah i agree with this statement i think he didn't say anything wrong in his statement that i can see it seems pretty honest and straightforward uh and i mean i'm not a republican i'm not christian i'm not pro-life right i don't believe in god well right. i don't believe in god as in a monotheistic god in a man-made religion right right, right. yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to say that offensively mm-hmm but I do think that I do think that even if a Christian believes in that kind of a God, there's still a bunch of good beliefs that they have to go around it that are, you know, you can take a lot of things from the stories that are positive and absolutely. Uh, so even though I'm like an atheist, I'm not against a Christian or a spiritual person in any way, unless they're you know super anti-gay or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he said he voted for Trump because he thought he would be better. That's, for the world, he said. Well, for everyone, he said. I voted for him because I thought he would do a better job for everyone. And uh, here's the thing. Uh, so did I. <laughs> I voted for Donald Trump in 2020. I voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't regret either of those choices. Um, like, I don't know, if, if people ask me, I would say, I think people voted for the wrong candidate in 2016. And I think they did it again in 2020. I just think uh-huh. Donald Trump, too divisive. And then I think Biden's been very divisive and he also has the far left whispering in his ear mm-hmm. and the economy is not doing good and this was all the stuff i was afraid of but in 2020 
you know, you vote. Do you want to say who you voted for? Or do you care? Oh no, I don't care. Uh, I did vote uh, for Biden, but yeah, so it, it, it was a it was a reluctant vote, though. I <laughs> I will right. say that we voted we voted differently, but even it was when a douche voting, turn I argument. was like, yeah, it was even worse than that. It was just like I don't even know two mountains of shit. I just can't. Even like when I was voting, I was like, I don't want to vote for either, but I don't want to vote third party because I feel like that's throwing my vote away. Unfortunately, yeah, I support so I really third party, but. Of, yeah, but, I was really trying to yeah. think of what's better for the country, um, even though I think they were both bad for the country at the end of the day. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I agree with what he's saying, mm-hmm. and I think it's fucked up that people put his address out there and threaten oh to go to his God. house, Ugh. especially when his wife is pregnant and that could harm the pregnancy. Like that's like if you're doing that and you think you're a good person, you're not. You're you're the bad guy. Like I don't. These Absolutely. people who think they're morally superior than everyone, and they attack people on Twitter. And they think they're in the right and they're like fighting some kind of, you know, moral war. Mm-hmm. When the truth is they're the bad guys. You're the, you're the bad guys. You're, you're not good. Yeah, they're almost like, ironically, like the religious zealots of like, you know, like the crusades and shit. But, yeah, you know, they have that same kind of zeal, that religious fervor in their, in their beliefs that they're, you know, trying to righteously punish everyone who doesn't agree. And they just don't see how <laughs> fucking glaringly hypocritical that yeah, that belief true. is right and that's what i was saying earlier is like i just feel like people because i've been like i said I've, I've been really for the first 25 maybe 30 years of my life i was really against religion so i paid a ton of close attention to religion and religious people and how they act so then i saw the people on the left started acting the exact same way they're acting like religious people mm. and then i started thinking like i started feeling like this is bad and i started noticing that people were they're just they have the same spiritual thoughts and Evangel- evangelistic fervor but they just replaced god with politics and it's just as bad if not worse so it's like as god is dying and being replaced with anthony fauci <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just it's not any better it, i i was weird i was thinking just like last week i was sitting there thinking like people need to go back to church like that's how i legit legitimately felt for the first time in my life like there are some bad churches mm-hmm. like there are some churches who hand out pamphlets and they tell you who to vote for which you're not allowed to do legally but i've seen churches do this mm-hmm. so there are some churches who are, are that are still bad but there are good churches too who just want to focus on being a good human and focus sure. on community mm-hmm. and exactly. i just feel like all, all these left-wing people just need to go to good things church. yeah that's one of the most important uh uh roles that the that a church plays is like the community and and, and i i think you're right i think the left in, in a lot of ways on an individual level have kind of lost that sense of individual uh that i mean that sense of community of society because for a lot of people now their their new community is is twitter it's not about who lives next it's not about your neighbors anymore it's just who you agree with on twitter and right so it's like how many likes you can get by like how hostile of a thing can you say that gets you the most likes mm -hmm. yeah i mean even whenever i lived in la i barely talked to the my neighbors who i lived right beside in, a, in different apartment buildings mm-hmm. but here i moved i moved to a more rural, rural place and i'm good friends with my neighbors and we borrow things from each other and we take care of each other and it's like it just feels good right yeah i think when you're stuck in a little in the city or in like a concrete jungle in it yeah there's so, so much different. distraction with all of these lights and all of the noise and you live in a small scrunched space and it, I'm sure that affects your mood. I can tell you right now that living out around nature has improved my mood a lot. Good. Than being stuck living in, on the corner of a 
intersection where trucks and motorcycles are blasting all, all going through the intersection making you know really loud noises all the time and living beside a liquor store where people pull in there blasting <laughs> their music and just go into the store and leave their car running and it's just noise all the time mm-hmm. and there's no nature and nothing and like i came out to live in this rural community and i would just sit outside and watch ants and i was just mesmerized by watching what the ants are doing <laughs> and the one day i was out digging up sagebush and then i was walking up i was walking back up towards the house but i was keeping my head down make sure I didn't step on any snakes or anything because I came close to a rattlesnake a couple months ago. Yeah, scary. And uh, I tur- put my head up. There's just a fox 10 feet away sitting on the Ooh. wall just just looking at me. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I had this like really intimate moment with this fox. And I was like, for after, like five seconds, I was like, what's up? And he just calmly walked down the wall and just left. Did you follow it? And just left. He was trying know, to lead you to a it. shrine. Maybe. Maybe he was trying to lead me to a shrine. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fucked up really bad. You idiot. <laughs> but uh it was crazy crazy yeah like the one day i was watching ants well because i'll sit outside and, and i'll read right and like I'll, sometimes i'll tap my foot when i'm reading and then the one day i lifted my foot up and there was just a ton of dead ants under there <laughs> and i was like what the hell just happened because i would go out sometimes i'll go out to the ants and i'll feed them potato chips and i'll just watch them <laughs> carry the chips away or i'll just pour salt or uh, sugar on the ground and they'll just come up and they'll just get on the sugar and like, they eat it mm-hmm. and uh so sometimes I feed them and stuff. So I wasn't trying. I know I, I never tried to hurt them. And I let them. I, I let them crawl on my legs and stuff. And it was like my little my little pets. <laughs> but the one day I was reading and I just no, kept stepping on them on accident. <laughs> and I was watching. I was like, how? Why? Why are there hundreds of ants underneath my foot to begin with? Why is this happening? So I was watching them, and it turns out that when you step on an ant, they come and they peel up that ant and then they carry it away, because they want to get the dead ant. They want to get any dead, dead insect away from the community because they don't want the, communi- the uh, community to get infected or the colony to get infected oh, wow. from, from, uh, the, from a decaying body. Mm-hmm. So they'll immediately carry away their dead. So what was happening was I stepped on a dead ant. They came underneath to carry it away. And I just kept like, tapping my foot <laughs> and I just kept crushing them, like hundreds of them, which was like darkly humorous. It is. But I was just watching them for like 20 minutes just peel up their dead friends and just carry them away just like holding up these flat ants and just carrying them away <laughs> I was like wow this is really fucked up but really interesting so, wow yeah because it was like one day where I found a dead spider in the house and I just threw it outside and they immediately come pick it up and they just carry it they just get rid of it it's really interesting and weird wow weird yeah I didn't realize that about ants necessarily with yeah, the anyway, dead stuff living in the country is great this is dangerous because there's bears out here and mountain lions and uh, rattlesnakes, but uh, it's really awesome. It's just, you just feel so much more, you're more at touch with what nature is and what you are as part of nature mm-hmm. than living in like a city and just being surrounded with noise and people all day. Right. Less chance of being stabbed, more chance of being bitten by a rattlesnake. Right. Less hatchet attacks like in New York. <laughs> oh my God, that shit was crazy. Did you see that? Anyway, we don't need to talk about that. No. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it later though curious about that i think i heard a little bit about it but anyway yeah shit anything else to say about news things no we just need to i think we need to be more inclusive towards our conservative friends that way we can bring them in listen to their opinions and be more open-minded to people who vote and think differently than you instead of automatically thinking they're homophobes and racists and Mm anti-women whenever that makes no sense at all of course 
there's a small percentage of them that are like that, of course, you know. Of course. That's not that's not not, not nearly most of them. Right. Absolutely. Or of course, uh to bring it back to the kind of the comparing them the, the kind of like a religious zealotry, thinking essentially that people are evil for basically disagreeing, right? Literally demonizing people, much like religious people would have would have done to yeah. like a heretic, you know, a hundred years, a couple hundred years yeah. ago, whatever, you know what I mean? It's very, yeah. it's it's very much religious thinking, like we're like we're saying. I think that's a, and actually, yeah, you well, know what? I think that's going to be the uh, topic. I think I, I might name the episode something about like the new religion, or whatever. You know what ooh, I mean? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, the unvaccinated are the new, the new plight. Oh yeah, humanity. You lepers, you fucking lepers. It was really funny. I saw there was a meme <laughs> now where people took the Black Lives Matter flag and they changed it to the un- unvaccinated lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, holy shit, I can't believe it's come down to this. <laughs> oh, man. That's it's, nuts. It's hilarious, but it's also scary. It, yes, yes. Because because everyone in the media, or even the fucking president himself, we're, we're running out of patience unvaccinated. <sighs> it's like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck are you saying, Bill? I mean, Bill. I mean, <laughs> Joe. Joel, I know. Damn it. What yeah. an awful president he is. Yeah, he sucks. He sucks a lot. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so... Yeah, I think that was a pretty good conversation. We're going to talk a little bit more about video games specifically now for a bit. And we are going to discuss the PlayStation Showcase, which at the time of recording was... Was it last week? No. Well... It's like a week and a half now at this point. I, I, guess, it's, I guess it's a new week. Yeah. yeah, it's like a week and a... Anyway. Yeah, PlayStation Showcase. Uh, right up top... Um, We'll go through the games one by one. There's a couple I want to talk about. Most of them we probably won't have much to say about. Um, but I will say, before we get into it, that I'm kind of surprised that Factions wasn't there. Last of Us Factions. I expected to see that. It seems like the general... Yeah, what's... Oh, go on. What's going on with that? Have they... What? When's, when's the last time news came out on that? Some of the most recent news was just that they were hiring more people. And so I want to say... I was seeing like news articles about oh hiring like artists or whatever the hell they were looking for people to like like network managers basically for like running servers and shit like that. But so that yeah. was a recent news because so because of that everyone's like everyone thinks it's like so far out like it's like years away yet like oh they're still hiring people it's got to be years away but it's like is it like I I expect it to be closer than what I'm hearing a lot of people think because. I mean, The Last of Us 2 is out, right? And that's, you got to assume they're going to be using that engine and that movement for factions, right? I mean, I'm sure things will be yeah. tweaked. I'm sure it won't feel exactly like The Last of Us 2 does. But point being that you got to you got to imagine that, like, the core of the game is already made, right? Yeah. I've seen a lot of hirings recently, and I just wonder if it's mostly because of COVID. Mm-hmm. If people lost their jobs or they quit and so there's all kinds of positions that need filled because i see positions for things all the time now Mm -hmm. in gaming industry and stuff right so i don't necessarily think that that means that it's so far out yet right so i mean it's hard to say because they they haven't shown anything about it they Mm -hmm. haven't seen anything no so is it far out i don't know yeah I i don't even really have a guess if i had to guess I would say the end of next year. That sounds about right. I could see, yeah, maybe late summer, earliest or something. Maybe like in August or 
or like a September or something. But uh, I think it's definitely next year. And a lot of people are talking like it's like still a couple years out yet, and I just can't see how that's the case. I I I can't see that. But but um, so that was the one thing I expected to see that we didn't see. Did you have any uh, general thoughts about the showcase? Was there anything that you were expecting or hoping for that that wasn't there or uh, no i had nothing in mind that's the thing is like i don't even know what's coming out or what anyone could be working on like i really have no idea so i had no expectations at all uh, i forgot about i totally forgot about factions you know i love the first one but yeah i i know i didn't even expect them to have that because I, I, mean, I didn't even think of it but it would have surprised me if i would have seen it because i just feel like there's they've shown nothing from it so Right. I don't know. I, I really don't have no idea what's going on with that game. Yeah, it's it's like is it is it because you wouldn't imagine it to be some huge some huge game. You would just think it's some maps, and then you have some guns, and then you shoot each other. So right. It's taken so long. And yeah, you just take the Last of Us Two engine and yeah, make some multiplayer maps, make a couple game modes. That's what I would think. So yeah, again, I don't necessarily equate the lack of information about or footage of it i don't equate that to be that it's so far out i just think that they're just not focusing on that right now maybe just as a industry like a so like you know at a sony level but but at the same time it it is also weird then that yeah that we haven't seen anything at all if it really is as far along as i think it is why haven't we seen at least something i don't know yeah unless uh, unless they're just gonna do like a surprise drop like Hey, it comes out in a month. Like they'll announce some kind of special and they'll show it, and it comes out very soon. But I, oh, I don't, yeah. I doubt it. Actually, I mean, it's possible. That reminds me, it's supposed to be Outbreak Day coming up at some point this month. They don't call it that anymore because of COVID and it's insensitive or something. But it's essentially Last of Us Day, like the day in the game that the outbreak started. They call it Outbreak uh-huh. Day, and that's that's coming up pretty soon, I think. So there's also you know, some scuttlebutt, some people saying that, oh, maybe they're going to, maybe they'll say something on quote unquote outbreak day or whatever the hell they choose to call it now. Like, you know how like Mass yeah, Effect what? has like Mass Effect day. It's like March 17th or whatever because of like the three, three ones, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, just in game shit. But these games have like holidays essentially. And yeah. But yeah. anyway. So maybe they'll release it on outbreak day next year. I just can't see it coming out this year. Yeah. It's definitely not coming out this year, but um, it's got to be next it's, year, I, I think. I don't, I don't know what Sony's doing because they're, they're releasing all of these, you know, director's cuts, trying to resell games that have already came out, but to give a reason, I guess, probably trying to put more of a reason out there for people to buy PS5. So like, hey, well, there's a PS5 version of Ghost of Tsushima. There's a PS5 version of uh, Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. And if they're remaking the first Last of Us, which I really hope That's ridiculous. Not, That's so dumb. Was it officially confirmed? I think I think it I think it is. And yeah, that's such a waste of time to me. Yes, so much. The first one's fine. I think I love I still love the first one. I I replayed it right before Last of Us 2. Still love it. I think it's fine. It's fine. Doesn't need yeah. me raving. The textures are a little flat, but yes, it's fine. Mhm. So, so mm. what yeah, so what are they doing that's new that's coming out soon? I feel like they have nothing in the pipeline. I mean, Horizon and other than that, I feel like everything else is years away. Yeah. The thought of war is at the end of next year or something, right? Yeah. Um, 
maybe it's not we'll, too we'll bad. be talking about that later that for some reason i expected that to be farther out than than it seems to be so maybe i'm just wrong in my thinking on things but i thought god of war would would be a ways out yet but yeah but they they showed it the showcase um it does just pretty much look like just a continuation of the first one. So considering that, I guess it makes sense that it would be ready earlier. Maybe I just thought that they would do more or change more with it. But we can talk about God of War right. when we get there. But besides that, yeah. the rumored PlayStation exclusive Miyazaki game um, is, is you know supposedly after Elden Ring. There's some uh, don't quote me on this listener. Can't remember where I heard it, but there yeah there is some rumor that there is going to be another PlayStation exclusive. Uh, from from software game. So whether that's Bloodborne Two or something entirely new, I have a feeling it would be a Bloodborne Two because everybody really, really, really wants it, <laughs> and it seems like it would be easy enough to do. You know, it, so they 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 announced this at the showcase. No, this is a, a random second game. No, no. So no, this wasn't at the showcase, but this was something. For some reason, I almost expected like a like a. I I mean oh, I I didn't realistically expect it, but like high in the sky like big like what's the most shocking like what's the biggest surprise there could possibly be and i thought of some kind of like tease for maybe a bloodborne too i have a feeling if if there is a playstation exclusive from soft that it will be a bloodborne sequel i don't know that but because elden ring is like even though elden ring looks a lot like dark souls and just like it's you know the 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 themes and just the way the game looks and everything um it's not it's its own thing right it's a whole new yeah. world that they've built so i would assume that since all that effort went there that it would make sense for their project after that to be based on again a, a property that they've already that's already kind of somewhat established something that might not take as long to like you know they're, they're not building an entire new world they can take the themes and you know a lot of the ideas from bloodborne and and probably make probably turn out a sequel much faster than it would be to create like a whole new original thing and, and also considering Sekiro they just did too so yeah yeah from software pumps out games pretty quickly mm-hmm. I feel like yeah but that dude who created Dark Souls and Demon Souls didn't he say he doesn't want to do that stuff anymore that like he's sick of that genre he doesn't want to do new stuff I think yeah I think so I'm, I'm not exactly sure uh what he said but yeah most most creators like real artistic creative people will want to move forward and not just keep doing sequels but i but i yes, think well, i wonder if i do bloodborne too if it'll be a different director yeah oh yeah it's another thing too i i wouldn't be surprised if he had a smaller role on it as well like maybe d- does some of the writing you know but then with a bloodborne too having more of the Sony resources behind it and having some more of those people kind of leading the development and kind of having Miyazaki himself maybe just kind of on, on like a uh, like a consulting role, you know? Yeah. Like maybe he writes it and just kind of like gives it to them and checks in on things, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, though. We're just speculating. We're speculating. So, yeah, so... Yeah, besides that, uh there was one there's there was one big surprise, which for me. And uh All right, what was that? And that was Wolverine, Insomniac's Wolverine game, and we'll talk about that more when we get there. Um that I did not expect at all, and I don't think anyone did. because, uh, you know, they're doing Spider Man too, so it's like what the fuck they're what? How how are they yeah. doing two games right now? Like what? 
Yeah, I guess Spider-Man Two is probably just going to be reused, going to be re- re- reusing a lot of assets. The yeah, the city's made. Up. Yeah, it takes place in the same place, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, right, that's so, probably a pretty quick game to make for them. Right. Whereas Wolverine is, uh, I don't know. I guess it's probably a whole new world. Maybe they borrow some assets from Spider-Man or some coding or something. Who knows? But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, you, you want to talk about it now since we're already talking about it? Yeah, we'll just get there when we get there. I'm, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> just general thoughts. It's just Wolverine was the only thing that actually surprised me. Oh. Um, that I yeah, thought was cool. I didn't know. I exclaimed. I was like, oh, wah. Like, I teased that. I, I was honestly like, holy shit. Like, I usually don't react. I, I usually don't get that excited over, like, you know, showcase things. But Yeah. Yeah, I have no... Uh... I had no expectations or surprises, really. It was cool to see the Wolverine thing, but I'm kind of just sick of superhero shit. So I was just like, okay, more superhero stuff, and I didn't really care. Yeah. That Although, makes, when the sense. game comes out, I'm sure I'll love it. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't, like, give me, like, you know, a boner or anything. Because <laughs> just superhero shit everywhere. I'm just, it's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just, I just kind of feel like, yeah, of course. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be awesome, but it's not like surprise really i guess right it is a surprise because it's a new hero but of course someone's going to do it someone's going to make a wolverine game eventually they're going to they're going to go through all these heroes as much as they can and make as much money off the superhero stuff so what if they did a hulk ultimate uh ultimate destruction remastered yeah (laughs) rehulkstered they haven't done that yet yeah that game was awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah that game was awesome just throwing civilians kicking them and that was great yeah. They probably wouldn't let you do that anymore, though, if they made a new one. I, I have a distinct memory living above the sandwich house, playing Hulk Ultimate Destruction, and just like, you know, how he could pick up any civilian and just like sprint up a building for whatever reason. It's like I picked up this lady, I ran up the skyscraper, and then like you can choose to like set them down and then like peacefully like set them down nicely, and then he like gives them a little pat on the head. Remember that? Uh, yeah. So I. <laughs> So I picked up this lady, I saved her from something, ran up this building, on the top of the skyscraper, set her down, pat her on the head like I was saving her, and then just punted her off the, just punted her off the skyscraper. There you go, lady. You're safe. Bye-bye. Punt. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like, just murdering innocents for no fucking reason. Man, that game ruled. Were you punished for that in that game? No. I don't think. I don't, no, not that, that I remember. <laughs> There was no like wanted meter. Oh, maybe, but who knows? You you kind of wanted the entire game anyway because the CIA, you know, the military is coming after you because you're this gamma bomb bioweapon running around. So they were already coming after you anyway. Anyway, yeah. So uh, we'll go game by game. I was going off of the uh, PlayStation blog recap, and uh, oddly slash hilariously enough their recap that doesn't have the insomniac stuff so we're gonna well, like any of it no it just doesn't just didn't have it on the recap article huh. so it's called the complete recap yeah and <laughs> yep nothing nothing about wolverine or spider-man oh, so weird. uh-huh um maybe they canceled them yeah yeah they're done you heard it here first so we'll we'll run through game by game and order Besides the Insomniac stuff, we'll just do it at the end because I don't remember exactly where it fits in with the showcase. So keep that in mind, listeners. So, do you want to talk about the city where play has no limits video? Oh yeah, yeah. I want to do a scene by scene recap on that. I think. 
No, fuck that. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I mean, those videos are neat. No, it was neat. I just thought it was funny that there was like almost no white people in it. <laughs> Weird. There's like a white dude near the end. White devils. For like a half a second, this white warrior guy comes in. They show him for really quick, and they just cut him out. Mm-hmm. And that's like it. It's just a bunch of like non-binary people. I just thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. What makes those fun, I guess, is that they hide like little <laughs> Easter eggs in there. Like Sony does like right. with these videos. And that I guess that's part of the fun. But but anyway, so then, yeah. So after that thing, the first game is KOTOR Remake, Knights of the Old Republic, Star Wars, uh, Aspire Media, Lucasfilm Games. We had it on original Xbox back in the day. And... and I played it, but I never... I'm not a Star Wars guy. I don't give a fuck about Star Wars, really. And I played the game for a few hours, and I just kind of fell off of it. So I don't care. But huh. it's cool that they're remaking it, I guess. But do you, do you have any... Did you finish Knights of the Old Republic? How much of it did you play? I don't know. It was such a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a big Star Wars fan either. However, most of my Star Wars knowledge comes from the games more mm-hmm. than the movies. Yeah, me too. I've played a lot of Star Wars games, and I enjoyed most of them, but... I I think I played a decent amount of it, but I didn't, I don't I don't remember finishing it, so I don't I don't think I finished it. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's cool that they're remaking it. At the same time, I'm tired of the remakes, but I think it's it is cool for Star Wars fans because I think they would love to have a a prettier version of this game. So good for them. But absolutely, yeah, I'm not really that interested in it. If it comes out and this isn't going to be the case, but if for some reason I really didn't have much to play, I could see myself being interested to try it but i'm not going to prioritize playing it over anything else you know what i mean like i like i'm curious from a ps5 standpoint like graphically and yeah i remember it'd be i mean it's interesting it's a fun game but i yeah i I think i'd have to get it like free on ps plus or something and then i'd be like i'll check it out right Mm -hmm. i just don't think i'm gonna go into it yeah there's just too much other stuff to play and it's no if you're not a star wars person then yeah like why would you spend your time going back into it Mm -hmm. because there's there's just so much other stuff out. That I, just, everyone's backlog is so big that, yeah, it's it's great. It's awesome for Star Wars fans because I think it is a really good game from what I played of it. But, yeah, not really for me. Mm-hmm. Next game was Project Eve. This is from the Shift Up Corporation. They're from South Korea, Seoul. Uh, they formed in 2014, and they've, they've only released a couple Weeby games from my research. There's a mobile game, Destiny Child, in 2016, and that's not to be confused with Beyonce's girl group, oh, Destiny's Child. Wow. <laughs> Destiny Quite Child, not Destiny's name. Child. Yeah. Uh, and then also Defense War, colon, speaking of uh, people reading out the punctuations that I was bitching. Oh, yeah. Defense War. Yeah, you, hate, you hate when people do that. Destiny Child PvP game. Defense War, colon, Destiny Child PvP game. So two Destiny Child games, mobile games, um... And so again, those are like smaller titles. They had, they had a couple other games that were just like based on like manga or whatever the hell. So this seems to be their first like kind of major AAA quality kind of console release. Anyway, yeah, and this has nothing to do with Parasite Eve. No, I, no, I don't think I thought it did because it's Project Eve, and then they the so like as they're showing this gameplay trailer, making a deal about parasites. Like oh, parasite. Right. They say the word parasite. So, yeah, but it has nothing to do with Parasite Eve. Not that's been confirmed or that I know of, but it seemed like they were really hinting at that. What was Parasite Eve, though? I never did. You play it? It was a PlayStation game. Uh, I know that, but I I never. Yeah, played. I played some of it. 
a long time ago. Uh, it was like an action RPG, I, I believe. I think it was something where it was kind of turn-based, but it was like, I don't know, it's like a cult classic, so I don't even want to talk about it because I'm just going to piss people off who love it. From your knowledge, though, does it seem like it could be that? Well, well my first instinct was like, yeah, but it's not the same main character or anything, and it was just the word Eve and then like, you know, the parasite stuff mm-hmm. that I was like, is this is this related? But I don't think it is. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting that they went kind of pushed at that so much for it not to be though. Cause they had to, yeah, they like, had to know. No. The, yeah. You would think they would have known. It looks like people online are some articles saying it's not a, it, it's not, it had nothing to do with parasite Eve. Okay. So after that, anyway. we had tiny Tina's wonderlands, uh, borderlands spinoff actually looks, it actually looks really fun. I, I like fantasy stuff anyway and so you know you love baby metal a fantasy take on borderlands yes i do you know tossing wacky guns and like because there's like orcs and goblins and shit but it's still just like borderlands gunplay and i I actually i actually think the fantasy setting would help me to appreciate it more um than just than just like desert bland desert shit yeah that's what i was thinking i was like okay so if this is borderlands but more fantasy so maybe there's more some more melee weapons and things like that i'm hoping and more of a focus on spells and stuff that could be cool so yeah if it's more like borderlands but less guns and more fantasy rpg but with a borderlands feel uh yeah i think that could be really awesome uh i love borderlands for some reason i didn't play very much through part three so anyway next game <clears throat> for spoken uh square enix luminous productions uh spoken false spoken it looks neat yeah. i don't know but i don't need any more i think we were saying this on the the last show about it's all these games with depressed young people characters. And the trailer starts off, she's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, my life. And then she's like, oh, and then she's transported to this awesome, fantastical world. Whoa, this is so awesome. Tubular. <laughs> is that Whoa, what kids say? did I just do Whoa. that? Whoa. Holy shit. Maybe only mom could see me now. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the gameplay looked uh, cool. I thought the graphics and the gameplay looked really neat, but yeah, the character was making me like roll my eyes and I was like, Jesus Christ, here we go, more of this. Some, you know, depressed or uh, angsty teen or depressed teen gets, you know, whisked off to some medieval land and then she uses her contemporary slang and people were like, what What are you saying? What are these words? Wicked? What's wicked? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so endearing. It's like, oh. Well, did you just love this character? She's just like us, huh? Yeah, it's. I don't know who did you say? Did you say someone wrote that? Who did you say wrote wrote the game? Oh, Gary Witta, um, oh, yeah, is, is one of the writers. Yeah, yeah, I do like Gary wrote, a lot. Like, um, yeah, I like him. He he also wrote the uh, Rogue Squadron, right? Or was that what it was? Star Wars movie? Yeah, Star Wars Rogue One. Rogue One. He wrote the Book of Eli movie. Dude, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, Book of Eli was good. Uh, next, we had uh, Rainbow Six Extraction. I don't really have, I don't have anything to say about this. It looks mm. bad. I don't know. It's just because it's not done yet or it's not ready yet. But yeah, and it's just it's like a horror co-op, right? And it's just more yes. of these games where like, okay, here's this small enemy. It's small, but it's fast, and there's a bunch of them. Oh, and here's this big enemy, and you shoot it, and it explodes, and you gotta get away from it or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. So like, yeah, this is every game, every horror co-op game. I get it. Thanks. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. Are we being too... We're being really negative right now. <laughs> I also don't understand why it's a Rainbow Six game. 
you know? Because Rainbow Six is supposed to be the realistic, lifelike, tactical, small squad, SWAT team kind of shooter. So why is a Rainbow Six game now just, I don't know, you're shooting aliens like every other fucking game? Like, I don't understand yeah. why it's a Rainbow Six game is what I mean. I don't know. People are out of ideas and just trying to do things. And I mean, maybe it could be good. I don't know. Yeah. I have no. I don't I haven't had any interest in Rainbow Six in a while. Yeah. So. Yep. So whatever. Uh, you can shoot. In case there weren't enough uh, games where you can shoot black alien goo monsters, eh, you're gonna get another one. Alan Wake remastered. Yes. <laughs> There you go. So, positive for you. Yeah. So, Alan Wake Remastered, uh, Remedy, of course, a Finnish studio. Alan Wake is coming to PlayStation on October 5th, which is cool because never been on PlayStation before. Uh, I played the original on Game Pass early this year before I played Control, and I I, I really liked it. I, I I thought it was even playing like a 360 game. Like, uh, of course, you know, visually it doesn't hold up, but it's it still felt fine the story the writing was fine the story's fine it, so it's a, that's another thing too is like well when i really think about it i don't know i don't think i missed out like on the experience by not playing some you know like a, a remastered ps5 version like it was fine because you know gameplay wise all you're really doing is just kind of running around and you point your flashlight at something and then right there's a swell because the light weakens it and then you shoot it with a gun so it's like I don't really feel yeah, like I, I think I'd, you'll be fine. Yeah. I don't think you need to play the No. Yeah. No. So and it's not a remake, it's just a remaster, right? So it'll just be a little better looking and running, but probably nothing amazing. Mm-hmm. Apparently they did like completely remake his character model, but I don't know if I believe that because even in the even in the trailer, like it still looked like there was like traces of yeah. just old. Tell. Yeah, it still looked like an old kind of like character, so I, I don't know. But you know, Remedy's writing is great. Um Especially with Alan Wake and and Control, uh, they really wear their like Stephen King and like Twilight Zone influences on their sleeve. They like reference them in the game, and it's extra re- rewarding if you are a fan just of horror in general because there's so many like good little like fun references in there like that. Because like they even have even in the game, uh, and I love when games do this kind of thing. But Alan Wake has that like cheesy live action like Twilight Zone parody show. That every every now and then, like throughout the game, you 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 can find a room, and like a, a little TV will turn on, and it'll just start playing like a new, like a, th- oh, yeah. a three minute episode of a, it's it's just making fun of the Twilight Zone. But you can just stand there for three minutes and watch it if you want to. But it's like live action. It's like really badly like oh, acted I... and shit. But it's they're always. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't see any of that. I played what like five hours of that game or something. I saw the stuff where it was like those kids, those fucked up little weird looking kids talking about weird shit. Oh, that's in Control. In control? That's in Control, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Con- oh, okay. Yeah, so Control continues this theme, that theme, but they do it with the Threshold kids in Control. But in Alan Wake, it's a, uh, and I can't even remember what it's called. I, I think I, I think in the future, whenever Futurama makes fun of it, I think they call it the Scary Door. <laughs> this yeah. is the Scary Door. So it wasn't that, but it was essentially that in Alan Wake, but just, right. um, but it's just these like, really hilariously acted like you can tell it's just some of the developers of the game just with a camera <laughs> like acting out these like funny little parody you know skits where like some like sci-fi or like scary thing happens yeah. and right it's just that kind of shit it's just fun little creative things that they do that i think really make their game special you're you're definitely a bigger Rem- remedy fan than me i mean i i liked ellen wake and uh i liked control kind of i didn't finish it 
But uh, was that is that the only two games they've made? Was there something? No, these are the Max Payne like... people too. That's right. So I love Max Payne. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit here in a second. But yes, yeah, so yeah, they they made Max Payne's one and two. The creative director Sam Lake, he was the face in the original Max Payne. They just took a picture of his face and put it on the character. You know that weird like squinty looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Sam. So he's still with Remedy. He's still the director and everything. So in, in Alan Wake, there's these two old rockers, like just speaking to how much I love the writing and well, like what they do. There's these two old rockers who have a metal band in the game. And there's a set piece with that in the game that's that's really awesome and it's funny and stuff. And But before I talk about the music in Remedy's games, I have to say, if there's one thing that Finns love, you know, being a Finnish game developer, it's heavy music, right? Oh, right. So it makes sense that a Finnish game developer would also have an appreciation for and a relationship with excuse me rock music and that goes for us too as we are Finnish and Swedish on our mom's side so we've long loved music from Scandina- uh, Scandinavia and stuff I as oh, been, yeah. I just mentioned Nightwish a couple weeks ago on the show uh, they're a Finnish band yeah a lot of Viking metal mm-hmm. um, so anyway Remedy they've long collaborated with a Finnish band called Poets of the Fall and they recorded the song for the aforementioned uh, heavy metal old timers fictional band in Alan Wake called "The Old Gods, uh, Old Gods of Asgard," and um, and so even in Control, soft spoiler for towards the end of Control, they recorded a song to be used in Control as well, but it's not credited to Poets of the Fall; it's credited to Old Gods of Asgard from Alan Wake, which is hilarious. Well. So it's like, so like it connects the universes, you know. And so with that, um, I just want to pull from a GameReactor.eu article titled Music and Games, Poets of the Fall on Working with Remedy. And so uh, Poets of the Fall frontman and vocalist Marco Saresto told GamesReactor, quote, Me and Sam Lake, uh, the aforementioned uh, Remedy game, uh, the creative director at Remedy, uh, we've been friends for a very long time. At the time, Remedy was working on their next game, Max Payne 2, and Ollie T, which is a Tukainen, and I had just formed Poets of the Fall. Then one night, I was driving in a car with Sam. We got to talking about music and games, and an idea of collaboration was brought up. We thought it would be cool since it was something that hadn't, to our knowledge, been done before. I never thought anything would actually come of it, but a few weeks later, Sam called me up and asked us to write music for Max Payne 2. The song that came about was Late Goodbye. Captain, our keyboardist who produced Late Goodbye for the game, actually ended up joining Poets of the Fall during that process. So, so yeah, I just thought that was really cool. Uh, Remedy's been working with this band since Max Payne 2, and they just do original yeah. music for these games, and I just think that's really awesome to happen. Yeah, it's really neat. For that, yeah, to be working together that long is pretty, pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's try to blast through here and finish and we're getting tired so yeah so after that was a uh, gta 5 coming to ps5 who cares whatever gta 5 next up we there uh we have ghostwire tokyo that is tango gameworks and they did evil the evil withins one and two and they're owned by zenimax um it looks pretty neat i'm definitely curious about it uh yeah it's like a horror it's like a horror first person shooter yeah but like instead of like guns and like traditional shit, it looks like you're kind of like casting things with your hands. Like the character's hands were doing all kinds of like cool like motions and then like shooting spells out and shit. Yeah, yeah, I think I thought it looked pretty neat. I'm interested in 
I'm interested in seeing what the reviews are, mm-hmm. and if they're decent, then I'm definitely interested in trying it. Of course, this is the game where the the former creative director uh, Ikumi Nakamura, uh, she st- she stepped down from the position that she had held for nine years uh, with the company, saying that she had been feeling ill in part because of work. She said, she she announced that in I think it was September, maybe August of 2019, right in the middle of Ghostwire's production, and only a few months after the game was announced. Of course, there's there's a there's a worry there. Whenever a game's creative director steps down, you know, whenever the creative director of any project and any medium steps down, there's obviously, that's going to cause some reason for concern or whatever, but, because apparently it was a lot of, like, her idea, she was driving a lot of it, so who who knows if it even still kind of resembles what her initial vision was years later, yeah. you know what I mean, so who knows, who can say, but. Yeah, it's hard to tell, it definitely has some creepy character designs, and <laughs> to me it looks like a VR game. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like it should be in VR because you can see like your hands right up front and like you said casting all this magic and doing all this weird motion stuff and just the graphics themselves it just it looks like it belongs in VR could be cool I, I can't really it's hard to tell f- from these little snippets of gameplay how exactly it's going to control and everything but it looks like it has potential yep definitely has potential so um there was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Eidos Montreal, set to release October 26th. And, um, yeah, nothing really to say about this one either for me. It's more just of that whatever writing. The shit that Peter Quill was saying was just... God, yeah. It's just, uh, it's just more of that, like, mm, this is funny, right? This, this is funny. Oh, he's so relatable. Oh, he has a, smart, he has a snarky comment to say about everything. He's so relatable. Yeah. He's just like me. All of the snarky comments were just like really grating on me. I was just like, mm-hmm. God damn it. Yeah, and these part, a lot of parts in the trailers they showed that were supposed to be funny. I just was like, this isn't even funny. But uh, it looks like the gameplay could be fun. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I think I'm just looking for something. When it comes to when it comes to story, I'm just looking for something a bit more original. And all of this stuff is like, God, yeah. It's like I've, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. And I understand it's hard to write original things, especially if you're working with an IP and you have to like fit these characters that already exist. Like I understand, but I, I don't know. I'm just tired of it. I want something new. Give me something new, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um then we had uh Blood Hunt, which is another entry in the Vampire the Masquerade fucking franchise, I guess. Which is a started off as a tabletop RPG kind of game. Yeah. I thought I actually thought this game looked really cool. The I think it does too. Where everyone, where everyone plays as vampires, and you, there are civilians that will attack you, and then you can suck their blood to get health back. And like, I thought it looked pretty awesome. I hope it's good. I, I guess I think it's in early access on PC if you want to play it already. I thought it looked good. I thought mm-hmm. it looked cool. Yeah, it's supposed to be free to play too, which I didn't realize until looking into oh, it afterwards. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a, a, a free to play battle royale. Yeah, there's some cool little mechanics where like if you shoot a civilian. Then you become highlighted on the map for like a minute. So you're, if you you can suck the blood of a civilian and be fine, I think. But if you shoot them for some reason, that's what highlights you, so other people can see you. And even if you go down, there's still a chance if you survive long enough, you can get back up. Like you go to, you know, like how you fall down and you're just crawling around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can crawl down and hide and get back up. And there are respawn points where you can bring your team back as well. So it looks interesting. I think the combat looks good too. 
Um, it looks like it could be a little clunky, but like a, like a lot of uh, mm. battleground arenas <laughs> are right. Uh, right. battle royales. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of new, neat, interesting mechanics in there. I think it's could be really cool. Um, after that, we had uh, more Death Loop, but whatever. Sure yeah, that game's out now, so we don't it's really out need to exactly. Talk yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was Tachia Chia Tachia by some developer Awaseb Awaseb. That's A W A C E B. I I don't know. Um, it's just a cutesy looking game. I I don't think it does anything for us, right? Uh, right. We hate it, right? We don't like it, right? <laughs> I thought it looked neat, but uh, it's definitely very kiddish where you can like jump into the bodies of other animals on this island and just control them. Uh, and then you can play guitar sometimes like in Last of Us. Oh, the, yeah. With the circular circular pad. But I didn't really understand what the point of the game was. It just showed you getting into other animals and walking around as other animals and playing guitar sometimes. Then the uh, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection, which is Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy, are coming to PS5 and uh, early next year and to PC shortly after sometime. Well, I think they're just releasing these games on PC once they're old to try and convince PC players to buy PlayStations and then they and then they buy the sequels or the prequels or whatever they don't have on PC. I mean, they're just trying to get people to lure people into the PlayStation ecosystem. After that, uh, we got to look at God of War Ragnarok. And, uh, yeah. Fuck yeah, the first one was great. So it looks... just looks like more of the same, only instead of on a boat, you have sled dogs now. <laughs> yep. That's, that's what I took from it. Uh-huh. Oh, it's the same thing, but with sled dogs. And Atreus is now at the worst age, most annoying age yeah. for a human to be at. So. <laughs> yeah. He's going through puberty, and they introduced some love interest for him and so he's probably gonna just be a little snot-nosed piece of shit the whole time yeah i hate you whatever never there for me (laughs) exactly (laughs) um that's what i couldn't believe that (laughs) uh slight spoilers they kind of did this in ghost of tsushima the expansion it was all about uh jin sakai and his dad and then you get to like the end of the the end of the the expansion and then he confronts his dad through like a dream and it's just like i didn't need a warrior i needed a father and i was like jesus fucking christ are you kidding me really <laughs> jin sakai is doing this baby ass bullshit now and i was really disappointed with that with that story turn but it, it looks like it looks like you're pretty much doing the same shit he had the axe he had the blades still it makes sense i guess was it four years maybe like a four-year difference from the last one yeah something like that i guess so, yeah, that sounds about right. So, so actually, then what I'm most curious about is how like, and, and this is a this is a problem that any sequel of a uh, of a game of an RPG, I guess, where you face, where it's like, what's the upgrade path going to be? How's it going to upgrade? Because you got to assume you're going to start off with all the powers that you had at the end of God of War One. So, I, I wonder if they don't even just kind of you won't kidding me get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, but narratively, how it all over again. <laughs> But how's that going to make, make sense for the narrative, though? Like, I, I, I don't think it matters for the narrative. It's just, just going to be a new story that takes place later, and then you just unlock all the shit again. That's all. It's just they won't have to make sense. I don't know. I feel like I feel like they're going to have to do something. So, 
There was also Gran Turismo 7, March 4th, but uh, we're not racing people. I don't think we have anything to no. say about that. Well, I kind of am. I played a lot of racing games, actually. Um, I played a couple of Gran Turismos. I think they're most fun if you actually have the physical steering wheel and brakes and stuff, brake mm-hmm. and gas. Mm-hmm. Then it's a lot of fun. But with VR out now, I'd rather see these games in VR because I think that's where they excel. But then but at the same time, there's such like also like kind of graphical showcases as well. So maybe you don't, right. maybe you can't pull it off as easily in, in VR. No. But just, um, yeah, I guess it's not that I'm not into racing, but just like simulation sports in general. I don't care about the, the simulation. I, I, I would much yeah. rather play a Burnout than a Gran Turismo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not as into the simulations. I'm sure it'll be awesome and people will love it, mm-hmm. but I probably won't play it. Yeah, Gran Turismo is one of those games where like you start out with like hardly any money and then you go to a used car shop and then you buy like a 1990, I don't know, Civic or something and then it <laughs> handles like shit and you can't even go around a corner at more than like 20 miles an hour <laughs> and you really have to build your way up and it's like you have to have some patience for that. So yeah, um, so like I said at the top of this conversation then, um, for some reason the PlayStation blog I was going off of didn't have the Insomniac shit in there, which is just bizarre and strange. So the first one they showed was Wolverine. And so of course, I, I guess they just wanted something to show. They wanted something like, they wanted a surprise, right? Because um, most of this other shit is known things. God of War. Right. But, so they couldn't show Wolverine by Insomniac without showing Spider-Man 2 because everyone would have been like, wait, what the fuck? What about Spider-Man 2? What do you mean? I mean, Wolverine's cool, but like... So they had to show both. Um, And it was kind of cool how they did it. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought when I saw the Wolverine trailer. I was like, whoa, they're not... Are they working on Spider-Man 2? Because there's like cliffhangers in there. Are they just going to Wolverine instead? But yeah, I guess they're doing both. Or maybe they're going to finish Spider-Man 2 and then move on to Wolverine. Yes, I, I think Wolverine's definitely after. Um, but even so, how how are they doing this? <laughs> how are they doing so much shit? Because they just came out with Ratchet and Clank, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they just have two different, couple different, not two different studios, right? The same studio, but two different groups of people. A couple different teams, I just guess. Working yeah. on different things. It's still nuts, though. But uh, yeah, so it didn't show much. Uh, I mean, there was a couple Easter eggs in there, like like the uh, I think the, the license plate was. A reference to it was like HLK, and then whatever the numbers were, referencing his first appearance in the comics, which was in a Hulk issue. Um, so there's a couple things like that, and so, yeah, something with the cash register showing a certain price or something. Yeah, I think I think that was the year that the issue that the license plate references come came out. I think oh. I think it was all that was. But some people are saying like, oh, maybe Hulk's gonna be in the game because like, oh, that. Uh, I I don't think I think it's more I think it's more just yeah just referencing his debut issue i would be very surprised if yeah. hulk is in the game i don't think it's where they're going but anyway what kind of game do you think it'll be so uh, for some reason i'm of two minds for some reason i have a feeling that it's going to be almost like hitman where it's, it's 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 like a linear story and every level is kind of just giving you a small sandbox with a mission and that you can kind of fuck around in the small sandbox and go about it the way you want, maybe. For some reason, that's the idea I have. So, like, whether you have a target or whether you have to kill... I mean, not that every mission is going to be about assassinating somebody like Hitman, but just... But again, just, yeah, you start off 
maybe this level you have like a couple blocks of a town to mess around in but you have a goal and otherwise because i just i just don't see it being as open as like spider-man with like having a giant new york city or anything i don't think it's going to be that open yeah but if it's not something linear like smaller sandboxy hitman kind of levels i'm also thinking it could be something like a like a small open world like mafia 3 having a small little portion of like louisiana because i think it's I have a feeling it's going to take place in the South and like Louisiana or something. I just, and and that goes into another theory that I have, but so, I, so anyway, I could also see it being like a small mafia three esque kind of open world where you have like, it's essentially a small scale GTA. Cause you know, GTA five, you have all of San Andreas, you have the city, you have all the fucking shit, but with mafia three, you kind of just have a little bit of New Orleans and then you just have a bunch of like, you can drive outside the city to just a bunch of empty swamp, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't know. At first I was thinking open world because that's what everyone does now, but I think Wolverine is known for, like, traveling to different locales and stuff, so... Yeah. Maybe what, maybe what, maybe what you said first is more correct. Maybe it'll just be, like, little smaller open world chunks that you can go to. But then again, it's hard because I think a lot of people just want an open world where people spend a lot of time traveling back and forth and then you can quick travel to different places and go back for collectibles and stuff so it's hard to picture any game being like linear with just levels anymore so yeah i really don't know yeah so then at the same time then with that in mind it's like it's such a important part of being spider-man is swinging around is the traversal and that's just like that's one of the most fun things you can do in a game is just travel somewhere and so wolverine as a superhero doesn't really have that right he just he has a motorcycle, which is a theory I have. Yeah. So it's like, is is driving around on a motorcycle really as fun as like swinging around, you know? And so right. I just I just don't think that he needs like an open open world in the same way that Spider Man, by the nature of Spider Man, needs, you know, to capture that as a hero. I don't think he yeah. needs that kind of. That's not what Wolverine is. Think, isn't his traver- You know. Yeah, but you think you think they might give him a motorcycle and make it open world? If there, if there's an open world, it's gonna be he's gonna have a motorcycle. Yeah. So like, there there was something, some some kind of article, but there's some kind of conversation where like you know for example that Sony, on their back end, the 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 same like you know pr- production of the horse for The Last of Us Two, they they took those they that coding and those assets or whatever, and also used that for the horse in Ghost of Tsushima, and then also you mentioned earlier, and I did, I, I, I forgot about this from the Chia trailer. But the same way, like you said, the same way you can pick the chords and play the guitar in Last of Us, you, you got to imagine that they're using that same tech and like coding or whatever for Chia as well. And so I kind of have an idea that, and I haven't played Days Gone yet, but from, from what you told me about it and from what I understand that riding around the world on the motorcycle is a big part of that game, right? And maintaining your motorcycle and keeping it. And so I wouldn't imagine yeah. if, they, if they take, just take some of that and implement it in Wolverine as well if traversal is going to be right. a part of it um because it's because uh, otherwise i mean he's just a guy he's just a short dude with claws he's not flying he's not like i mean i'm sure you can like he can run pretty fast he could run fast and like jump but like <laughs> that's again that's just yeah. not that's not the same kind of that's not the same kind of thing as uh, you know the web sling so no right that'd be interesting an open world game with wolverine where you ride around on a motorcycle like days gone sounds cool to me so it could be it. You think it'll be uh, bloody? You think it'll be like a mature rated game? Yeah, I think it's got to be. 
Uh, it has to be, I guess. Has to be. Wolverine's a mature character, and, and and again, just the nature of his powers. Yeah, he rips, he tears people apart with fucking metal claws. Like, I don't think I don't think you can tell a good story, or I I, I think a, a teen rating would limit them too much. And I I think I think to to properly handle Wolverine in a way that people are want and that people care about, I think it needs to be mature. Yeah. Yeah, unless he's fighting a bunch of robots. Yeah, he's like X Men. He's just fighting a bunch of Sentinels. Mm-hmm. In which case, who cares? But the but no, from the trailer though, no, because in the trailer he's he's at that bar, and this is the Wolverine that I that I that I love is whenever he's not. I don't love Wolverine as an X Man. I love Wolverine as just right. this reluctant, rugged, fucking just pissed off guy who mostly wants to be left alone, but he still has that he has that desire to help. He can't stand idly by and let someone in need of help he needs to do something about it he's pissed off about it he's annoyed but he's always going to do the right thing anyway and that's what i love about wolverine and so like in the trailer he's at some bar and you can tell like he's already fucked everyone up but he didn't finish someone off and that guy gets up and they, they you know the guy thinks he's going to finish this fight because he's just sitting at the bar all these dead bodies you know just mutilated people in the bar and he just he just wants to have his fucking whiskey he just wants to have a drink and he needs to drink like a bottle for every shot because his body heals so fast that it's hard for him to get drunk, which is funny. I love that too. Um, so then someone that he doesn't finish off in the trailer, right? Gets up, picks up whatever they pick up, which is another just funny comic book thing that anyone thinks that they can fight Wolverine. Like who, who, who would realistically do that? Who would actually think, Oh, I'm going to go attack this guy. So anyway, so then he pops his claws out and the trailer ends and that's all they show you. But, but that's to me what makes Wolverine compelling is as an X man, whatever he's cool. But just as Logan, just as a guy who just wants to live his fucking life and be left alone, but that's not realistic. He's he is a hero, and he situations come to him whether he wants them to or not, and he needs to take care of them because he just has that hero's spirit. Yeah, yeah. The Spider-Man game is mostly really well written, so I think this will this should have a really good story with it as well. I have I'm, I have confidence that Insomniac knows what they're doing. Yeah, me too. And um, so I have a theory on that too. There was a radio drama, like podcast that like Marvel did. And as far as I understand, there's no plans to do more, which is a shame because it's fucking really good, I think. But it's called, uh, season one is called Wolverine, The Long Night. And then season two, and then season two is Wolverine, The Lost Trail. And uh, I, without going too, talking about it too long or going too much into detail, the first season is really cool because like Wolverine's hardly in it. It's like in the from the point of view of like these two investigators, like essentially like FBI agents, but it's like whatever in the Marvel universe, like essentially FBI that investigate extraordinary hero things. So they're kind of FBI, but a little different. And so like this story is unraveling through all these characters adjacent to Wolverine. But then towards the end of the season, he, he does come in. And then season two is all Wolverine. But anyway, point being, season two, he's in Louisiana doing whatever the hell he's doing, Wolverine things. And some kid, again, it's been a while since I listened to it. This kid goes to Wolverine because he has nowhere else to turn. He goes, hey, like, like you need to help me. Like, there's there's weird shit going on around here. And Wolverine's like, he's all dismissive. All right, kid, whatever. I don't give it. It's not my problem, you know. But then again, he, you know, he thinks about it. He's like, yeah, I, you know, he has to fucking help. He doesn't want to. <laughs> so he, he seeks the kid out. He f- figures out what's going on. And, and so anyway, it's this small, intimate story. It's this small, small town Wolverine story. You know, it's not like world-ending alien invasion Avengers shit. They're they're not going to be like adapting that directly, but I I feel like they're going to be taking inspiration from stories like that. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, those are always the best stories. Yeah, I mean, the stories on, like, the big-scale stories, they're always just mind-numbingly boring to me. Where it's just like, I am a bad guy. I want to destroy the world. We're good guys. We need to save the world. And, like, that's it. Mm -hmm. It's just a bunch of explosions in between. <laughs> and it's like, I, just, I don't know. I just I can't stand. It's like, there's so many evil villains that just are out to destroy the entire planet. And it's like, why? Mm -hmm. or, or, or they just want to, like, you know, like, suck resources out for some reason. Yeah. To what Which end? kind of makes more sense, but just too many black and white hero, heroes and villains that uh, I just don't, don't think it's entertaining. I mean, that's why I don't know if we already talked about this, but like that's why so many people love Breaking Bad because he's like the anti-hero. I mean, he's he's a good guy and he's a bad guy, and it's complicated, and that's why it's entertaining. It definitely feels like it's going to be a mature story. The possibilities are exciting that that it is Wolverine and Spider-Man exist in the same insomniac universe and from when i was reading marvel because like you know marvel with the multiverse shit like the the main line marvel universe is called like earth 313 or something like that like have you, have you heard of this uh i don't think so essentially like every so if, if a writer wants to do something really crazy with a character and like change shit and like break the universe they can do it and they just say oh what's well, it's one of the parallel universes you know right. it's one of the multiverses and so the Insomniac universe has an actual number now in the Marvel canon. It's just, it's part oh. of the Marvel like multiverse canon. It's, just, it's another yeah. multiverse, you know, so that's really cool. So the possibilities of Wolverine and Spider-Man existing in this universe, I think are very exciting. Because also, like you said, the, the writing in Spider-Man is really good. It felt to me like playing like the cartoon, essentially. Like it, it reminded me why I love Spider-Man. It made me feel nostalgic. I love that game so much. And so I, I think they're going to handle Wolverine very very well, I think. I, I trust them. Yeah, me too. The Spider-Man game. You, did you play Miles Morales? I haven't played Miles Morales yet, no. Yeah, it's really good too. Yeah, I want I, to. I platinumed Spider-Man twice. That's how much I like it. Oh, shit. I Yeah, I don't think I'm going to replay the first one, even though I would like to. I just, again, it's a time thing. I just, a time thing. I play Miles Morales. Right. For some reason, I'm, for some reason, I don't want to spend more than like 30 or 40 bucks on Miles and I'm, I'm still waiting for it to be like 20 before I pull the trigger on it for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah, I think $30 is a good price for Miles Morales. Well, yeah. how much is it? Is it 40? Yeah, I think it's usually 40. I think it goes on sale for 40 a lot. Oh yeah. But I think it's, yeah, 50. I think it's 50. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll get there eventually. Um. So anyway, yeah, with that then, uh, yeah, I did not expect to see Spider-Man 2, but again, if they were going to show Wolverine, they had to show it. So anyway, the voiceover, I guess, in the trailer, everyone's saying it's Craven, which I don't think has been officially confirmed, but it's unofficially confirmed because everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's Craven. And I think he is, like, talking about hunting and shit, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Which is cool. That's really fucking cool. Craven is a cool villain, but at the same time, then, shoehorning Venom in, I don't know. Right. I, and and that's, that's where a lot of my thoughts are on, on this. I Do you... What do you think about Venom? Because um, the first game did set it up what do you think do you think did it mm -hmm. well with harry yes so harry's venom yes pretty much because so uh yeah again soft spoilers for Sp spider-man 2018 essentially oscorp uh harry like has like it's like terminal cancer or something right and so yeah like keeping him in like some kind of tube incubation tube or something and so it seems like the symbiote is it's like something that th they're designing to like bond with his body to essentially stop the cancer 
So it's like it's some kind of medical thing, I guess. Maybe, yeah. But what yeah, do you think? It'd be cool if they were if they were using the symbiote as like to somehow like eat his cancer away, like it somehow. But but that's like an external thing, isn't it? The symbiote isn't does it go inside? I think it technically does. I guess it affects their brain. Mm-hmm. It's well, yeah, because it's like a the symbiotes are like a um, parasites essentially. They depend on the yeah. host. Yeah. Well, originally they were supposed to be. Yeah. So whenever at the end of the trailer, whenever they're zooming in on the shadow, when I first saw it, I totally forgot about Harry being like having the symbiote in the, at the end of the first Spider-Man mm-hmm. in the tube. Uh, but whenever they're zooming in on that alleyway in the dark, in the dark, the dark alleyway, I, I was hoping it was Carnage actually, because I was like, because no one ever does Carnage. Because Carnage is super like mature. That's like mature rated stuff. Because mm-hmm. he slaughters people. <laughs> but uh, I was so I was hoping so much it was Carnage, and then whenever Venom came out, I was like, okay, but I don't know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you gotta have Venom to have Carnage, maybe. Anyway, yeah, I was really hoping for Carnage because like, because if if Carnage is in the story, then you you have to handle the story way more carefully because mm-hmm. he's such a violent character, and. It's like whenever Carnage is involved, you know shit's gotten real. Like there's gonna people are gonna experience some kind of loss, and it's gonna get dark. Yeah, people so die. Like, yeah, I was hoping for Carnage, but it wasn't. Right. So yeah, so this this all kind of ties in with the argument I want to make as well about because like Sony's doing a lot of like cross promotional shit because of course they're branching out into TV now with the Last of Us TV series. So everyone's saying how. The Last of Us game reboot is supposed to, you know, timing-wise, come out around the same time where the show is going to debut, get that cross-promotional shit going. So, of course, right now, Sony has Venom 2 coming out with Carnage in it. And so I I almost kind of fear... I mean, again, Venom was set up in the first game, but I almost fear that Sony's kind of pressuring them, much like what happened with Spider-Man 3, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3, to shoehorn Venom in. Because the movie's yeah. out and they want to also, you know, kind of promote the movie. And I think that's partly why they showed the trailer the way they do. I mean, everyone likes Venom, but... Right. Yeah. Spider-Man 3 was... Actually, I like Spider-Man 3 way more than most people, but there's definitely some disappointing elements mm-hmm. in that movie. Especially with Venom. Well, I know a lot of people didn't like Peter Parker dancing, <laughs> but I actually like that part. I think it's hilarious. Punching Mary Jane in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Is the uh, the symbiote anger? Yeah. Symbiote. So <laughs> I symbiote. So I just, you know, part of what made the first game so great was that they had the freedom to make Spider-Man their own and tell their own story, being faithful to a lot of things in a lot of way, but having the room to do that. And so I, I'm kind of afraid that how much Sony potentially is getting involved with their narrative for this one again to get the Venom stuff in there. So I don't know. We'll see when the game comes out, but. This is the argument I want to make. So, so what makes Venom compelling as a villain is that he's an a- it's an alien from outer space. I think it was it was like the Infinity War or whatever in the comics where you know they pulled Spider-Man out. He's with the Fantastic Four and all kinds of Marvel heroes and just doing some big fucking space battle or whatever. So he comes back, right? So he's on this planet and this thing bonds with him and it enhances his powers. He feels stronger than ever. He's like, this is fucking great. He doesn't realize necessarily that it's a, a living kind of sentient parasite, essentially. He brings it back to Earth with him. He finds over time that it's 
slowly corrupting him and making him bad. It's making him aggressive and like angry. And so then being the natural hero he is, he realizes that, overcomes it, decides I need to get this thing off of me. This thing is making me a, a bad person. It's making, I'm not, I don't recognize myself anymore. I'm not acting right. And I'm, and I'm doing things that I don't, that I'm finding that I recognize are wrong. I need to get this fucking thing off me, right? So he goes. Uh, so he goes to the bell tower because you know they're weak to sound or whatever. He, however, he figures that out, and he rings the church bell. The loud noise gets it. You know, it triggers the thing and like makes it freak out, so that he's able to separate from it, and get away from it, and it like it leaks. It goes wherever the hell it goes, and Brock. and so eventually it, it gets Eddie Brock. Yes, but what's awesome. Venom is Venom because the symbiote was bonded to Peter Parker for so long that it was imprinted with his powers. And so it understands who Spider-Man is and what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. And it takes that and it gives it to somebody else. And so Venom is the anti-Spider-Man. He has the symbiote, the symbiote has all of Spider-Man's powers because it, it learned them from him. And so it took that from him, and it, it's just a, it's a better, bigger, meaner, more pissed off version of Spider-Man. It knows the Spider-Sense stuff, so he doesn't show up on Spider- That's what makes Venom compelling, right? Because it's so intimately yeah. tied to Peter Parker. So whenever- doesn't Peter Parker, like, doesn't- whenever he, whenever he has the- this symbiote, doesn't he kill someone, like- rhino or something and he's like holy shit I'm, i've gone too far isn't that what he does and then he goes to the bell to get rid of it yeah it's something like that yeah he i i think he does i think he kills somebody i i don't remember exactly who but he either if he doesn't kill them he just beats them so severely within an inch of their life yeah i think maybe in the comic he kills them but in like the cartoon he just beats them really bad or something like that yeah right so that's what makes venom cool is that not so not only does it form with Eddie Brock who himself is jealous and hates Peter the symbiote itself feels spurned that that he threw it away that he got rid of it so it hates him for getting rid of it you know yeah so Eddie Brock hates him it hates him super Spider-Man hate it's the ultimate villain yeah so he's he's literally anti-Spider-Man he's Spider-Man's powers but and but he just it fucking it like, you get rid of me you motherfucker you know like you get rid of me <laughs> It makes sense. It makes yeah sense. So whenever you, you explain that, that that's that, that's way more awesome than than probably what they're gonna do with it. So that's yeah. So that's why the Venom movie is stupid. Venom by itself is it. dumb. <laughs> and so whenever you take Spider Man out of it, and it's just some black alien that likes to eat food. Haha. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh, it's so hungry. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the big jokes in the Venom movie. Oh, it's so hungry. Oh, we have to eat. Jesus. It's just it's just bad. like what's the point the whole point of venom without peter parker there is none there's no point to venom without so again to pull it back to the game then whenever it's just some medical thing that's supposed to which is cool that is a really cool idea yeah that could still be good in this world it's intrinsically tied to harry then it's not a harry it's not a peter thing it's a harry thing and so that still makes it intimate to peter's story because it's involving his friend right yeah because listen to this because he's going to fight venom and he's going to want to separate Venom from Harry, but he knows that if he does that, Harry's going to die. Holy shit, that is really cool. Yep. <laughs> oh. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that is really cool. See, there, there is still a way to make it work. One of the ideas, too, was, was, oh, okay, Peter defeats 
you, you know, theoretically, you defeat Venom slash Harry early on, get the symbiote off him, and then the people were thinking, oh, okay, so then it gets on the Peter and it corrupts Peter, and then you have to take control of Miles, and then you play a huge chunk of the game as Miles going after corrupt Peter in the black suit. Mm. But it, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're gonna do that. It doesn't seem like. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say because that would be a pretty cool part of the game if they did that, or maybe Harry's story is the first half, and then the second half you fight against the other Venom Spider-Man. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I think they'll probably mess around with that stuff because whenever you think of Venom, you think of him being on multiple people, not just one person. Mm -hmm. So I would assume they would play around with that a little bit. But yeah, I mean, who knows? It's hard to tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Anyway, him being tied to Harry, I think, would still be cool, have cool moments. That's all, that's really cool. I didn't even consider that. Yeah, but for Peter to have to make that decision, knowing he's killing his friend to take this thing off of him, that's really that's really that's an awesome idea. Yeah, we well, you know they're gonna pull some bullshit where it's like Peter Mark Parker is like working on an antidote or to like save Harry or something, and then figures out the cure for Harry's disease. Right at the right at the end of the story, he figures out the cure for Harry's disease, and then kills takes pulls venom off of him and then saves him. I hope they don't pull this shit where it's a super happy ending because that's not really what Spider-Man is about. Yeah, I agree. I hope they don't do that because also this could be the catalyst in this universe for the Green Goblin because you already got hints because you, you can find like like when like I I think one of the Mary Jane parts when you're investigating like like Norman or Harry's like apartment or whatever and you're walking around like I think there's there's a mask somewhere and then I think there's like a pumpkin bomb. And like you, you can like read an optional file about this, you know, this like tech that Oscorp's working on. Basically, is pumpkin bomb. If as you know, assuming a Spider-Man three happens, I think because Venom is be. Venom's never been tied to Green Goblin before either. So that'll also be a really, really awesome way for this universe to to introduce him, where he's pissed off that Peter essentially killed his son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be if they're writing it that like that. Then that's like brilliant. Mm-hmm if they allow Harry to die, die at the end of part two because he separates from Venom and then and then obviously Norman is really pissed off and becomes the Green Goblin mm-hmm. and wants to fight Spider-Man. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my hunch for where it's going. But again, just, I don't know. Venom to me is not interesting without without being an alien from outer space that is imprinted with Spider-Man's powers and then feels jealous and spurned by that Peter got rid of him. You know, it's just... Eh, eh. Yeah, because... If Harry is Venom, why would Harry even be mad at Peter at all? Like, why right. is Venom and Harry mad at Peter? They have to find some reason t- to build up that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I do love to see Carnage getting a lot of love. I I do not think the movie's going to be good, but I think Woody Harrelson is an awesome choice for Cletus Cassidy, though. Um, I didn't even know that was going on. I need I need to watch the first Venom to get ready for the second. Mm-hmm. Some people like the first Venom. Did you think it was a, a turd or what? Yeah, mostly. Nah, I didn't care for it. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's entertaining. I'm not like I'm not a huge like I'm pretty critical of like games and stuff. But like when it comes to movies, I'm much less. I don't watch a lot of movies with a critical eye. Usually, if I'm entertained, I'm happy. You know, something has to really stand out for me to like not want to like finish a movie or like not be satisfied with a watching movie like it has to be pretty bad so it, it's entertaining enough they do some fun things but again whenever venom without spider-man just might as well not be venom and the movie doesn't need to exist whenever there's things made in a lab for no fucking reason it's just 
Uh, I don't know. Right. It takes the it takes the fun out of the symbiotes. Oh, it's just I don't know. Just made in a lab, and they just they just bond. Hollywood up. writers don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. And just uh, you know, it just bonds to anybody, and then everyone turns into the same big goo monster, because the villain at the end looks like Carnage. Yeah. I, the the I, villain at the end of Venom One is just a red symbiote, so it's like uh okay. Yeah, I bet I bet you the uh, the video ge- or the superhero stuff in video game in a video game format is turns out better because gamers are nerds so the people working in that industry know what they're doing with superhero mm-hmm. stuff whereas they just hire some hollywood writer doesn't give a fuck about comics or these characters and barely reviews it and just like writes some cliche shit garbage which is, happens way too much so i don't know i'm i'm gonna see the second movie because woody harrelson's awesome carnage rules carnage fucking rules but i i do not expect them to do it justice especially not being PG thirteen, I even made a yeah. I had a snarky Twitter comment I made on the uh, whatever the fuck article was talking about the PG thirteen rating, and it's just like Carnage, and and again branching off of what makes Venom compelling, what makes Carnage compelling is it takes that a step further, and Carnage is the anti Venom, essentially, like if Venom is anti Spider Man, Carnage is just is a better stronger Venom that hates Venom for no reason, essentially, Does and just hate Venom. Does Carnage hate Venom? Yeah. For some reason, the, no reason. The, the original story was like, for some reason, like, so like the, the symbiotes asexually reproduce. And for some reason, it's like a, their race, it's like a rite of passage to like murder your parent. And so they have this like pathological hate Whoa. for like whatever they, like whatever they, uh, you know, split off from. Essentially, they, they want to murder that, um, which is funny. So, so just like Venom, the symbiote itself hates Venom. But it also just uh, it bonds with uh, Eddie Brock's cellmate Cletus Cassidy, right? Who is just a fucking just serial killer, just a maniac serial killer. So not only does it have this hatred for for Venom, you know, the, the symbiotes feed off of their host and their host's mindset, and so it's a, just a fucking crazy psychopathic mass murderer because it bonded with a crazy fucking psychopathic murderer. Yeah, it, it's like Joker it, times a thousand. Right, and it just amplifies those <laughs> traits. Yeah, chaos for the sake of chaos is what Carnage is. and mm. But it's, yeah, so it's that Carnage is the more unpredictable, scarier, more murderous, more dangerous version of Venom. Yeah. Because Venom, you know, historically has somewhat of a conscious, like he's kind of like an anti-hero, whereas Carnage is like, nope, right. I, I'm going to rip you open. I'm going to turn my hand into an axe, cut you in half, and use your blood to write Carnage rules on the fucking wall just for fun. <laughs> Yep. And so, oh, so that's what I was saying with my snarky Twitter comment. It's like, how's that going to work for a PG-13 movie? How do you even do that in a PG-13 movie in a way that's yeah. going to be at all, like, fine? Yeah, you, that's probably why Carnage will also never be in the video games. He's just, like, too risky. He's, uh, yeah, he's just too dangerous of a character to, like, use. And I mean, they use him in the cartoons, the Spider-Man cartoons. Like, somehow they pulled that off. Yeah, he he, he drained people's life force. He didn't murder them. He like drained their energy because that's how yeah. they that's how they got around it. Like just like how Morpheus would plasma. I need to get the plasma. The vampire guy because he wouldn't suck people's blood. He would just drain their plasma. Uh-huh. And so Car- Carnage kind of like did the essentially the same thing in the cartoon, which is funny. Anyway, I think we've been talking too long about Spider Man. Yep. No, that's it. Uh, that's all I got to say. I, I just I just wanted to talk about how uh, people have forgotten what makes Venom cool and. Um, yeah, I like the Spider-Man conversation. That was good. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway. Anyway, yeah, so up? that's it. Yeah, we've been going long enough. It's uh, five in the morning for me. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I still feel more yeah. awake than I did at 5 p.m., though, 12 hours ago. That's, that's too bad. You need to go to bed. You go to work. I know. But, yeah, so, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we usually do what we're playing, but uh, I haven't really played anything new. We've been going long enough, so we're just going to skip that. We'll uh, we'll catch up with what we've been playing uh, next time. Yep. Sounds good to me. All right. All right, everyone. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Again, um, if you want to write in, if you have anything to say, any comments, questions, or whatever, jollyjellymedia at gmail.com. We still have not gotten any listener mail yet. So, please, you could be the first. Any listener, anyone listening right now, you could be the first. Do it. We'll read you. Yeah. We'll read, no matter what you say, we'll read it. Say the most vulgar thing you want. Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll read it. You can just write in and, <laughs> and talk about how much giant pieces of shit, asshole, we are. Fucks. I'll read it. Um, anything. So, yeah, I've been... And, uh, we'll, and we'll thank you. We'll read it and we'll thank you. <laughs> That's how desperate we are. <laughs> yep. So, uh, I've I've been uh, Van Racted. Um, that's been Umni. Yeah. Follow me at Umni Rocks on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm mostly on Twitter. I'm pretty political on Twitter. So, if you want to see me... Sometimes I tweet weird things. Like, whenever the... Uh, our cat, my cat, chewed through the internet fiber cord, and I lost the internet for five days. I'm not kidding. The first two days, I had the shakes a little bit because I didn't have the internet. <laughs> it was really bad. I was like, oh, my God, I want to get on here. I want to watch podcasts. I can't do anything. <laughs> Even though I like to read, it was just like I didn't like the, I didn't like not having that connection to everything that the internet gives you. <laughs> I felt like I was missing something. So sometimes I would just get on Twitter on like, you know, 3G or whatever. And I would just tweet things that like some celebrities and politicians like tweet. Just knowing that they're never going to respond to me, just tweet random goofy things. And uh, <laughs> so if you want to read me either debating people or saying really dumb shit, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> yep. Uh, I am Van Rackton on Twitter as well, at VRacknid. For some reason I did it. Um, Jeffy Juice on Instagram. I don't really put anything on there though. Sometimes a cat picture. So, all right, that'll do her. Um, Did we say bye yet? Should we say bye? Yep. Uh, yep. That's it. We'll be back. Bye, everybody. See you in a couple weeks. Hey, <laughs> okay, ta ta. Questions, comments, concerns, email us at jollyjellymedia at gmail.com.